Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 178 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I am here with my co-host. Would you please introduce yourself, young lady? Hi, crisis actors. It's Mary. I'm happy to be back and happy to have Dane's biggest competition on the show today. <laughs> yes, in that competition, who was very upset when uh, when she found <laughs> out about Dane's new record. Absolutely uh, fake news. Uh, she, she was very <laughs> upset, ladies and gentlemen. Introduce yourself, please, upset person. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com, and I welcome competition. She was uh, not actually upset. Wow. That, that was realizing abs- much? That was absolutely fake news on my part. Uh-huh. Absolutely <laughs> fake news back, on my take part. Take it back. I, I, Look, I, I put in a retraction. Is, I have really enjoyed my time on Pop Culture Crisis. And if anyone is going to come neck and neck for my record of uh, crisis parties, it should be Dane because he is also a long running guest. We've been here since the origins of this podcast. But, but let's be serious. We can't let Dave win. We, okay. We so I'm really hoping that everyone will keep that in mind today <laughs> for no specific reason as the podcast continues. Just show your allegiance however you wish to. But okay. not to Dave. Remember, you can't let Dave win. <laughs> so they don't actually believe in in, in like any type of democratic process here. They just want you to vote for them. They just think they should it's win. It's just power. Yeah. All of it is power. <laughs> just saying, can you imagine if Dave gets a record? It's just crazy. I mean, with his ability to rally, that is absolutely a possibility. So we'll have to see where that goes when, when Dave gets back on his We've next show. We've got two populists yes. running up against each other. Uh, we will have to see if uh, the Make a, a Make America Hannah again, Hannah Claire again. Do you guys want Th- Dave to succeed? Is this what you want? You want to live in a world where is this Dave the podcast is the you want? <laughs> it's not. It's not. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, Hulu, uh, a new documentary they're making about Mike Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson's very understandable reaction to it. We, we've had a lot of takes here on the concept of like docu-series and documentaries, which seems to be an ongoing thing because everyone's living too long. Nobody's dying before they make their documentaries these days. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to... What? What? Sorry. Nobody's dying before they make their documentaries they're today. Just, they're just making them while they're alive now. That's what they're, they're doing. They're trying to be famous while they're alive. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Sean Bean and ha- what I, I perceive as Sean Bean having absolutely no clue what the climate is in Hollywood like he is blissfully ignorant of, he just of the... walked right into the storm <laughs> yes he did not care one bit so we're gonna talk about Sean Bean uh, and his opinions on what are called intimacy coordinators which is a concept that we've discussed here that I find endlessly fascinating uh, given the uh, kind of horrible nature of Hollywood at, at its core and then we are going to talk about Yerlin Mina uh, is that, I believe that's how you pronounce that yeah. name okay uh, she was a lawyer or one of the lawyers on Johnny Depp's team and this absolutely ridiculous uh, response to basically a puff piece about her being part of Johnny Depp's team. Uh, we're going to talk about that, and then we've got Podluck. Uh, I don't have my Ezra Miller counter back there, but I need to make an Ezra Miller counter. So we're going to do that. Uh, if you guys are just ready to get into it, are we ready, Mary? We're so ready. Are we ready, Hannah Claire? Let's do it. All right, but so, first. But, say it again. Oh, but, but first. 
We have a. I fan- forgot this was happening. We have a fantastic Chet formation today. So, Yay. Chet, uh, Chet. Hey, have you to- ever noticed how it's always the intellect? We're going to talk about Chet and intellectuals. Okay. Actual of types. course. The people who think they're the smartest person in the room that always got something slick to say when you got your shirt off, or like look down upon people who are fit because they think it makes them like shallow or stupid, when really they're the f-ing dumbasses. Because he we can all be himself. both. We all got high IQs. We can all read books. You just don't want to get to work. So you put being smart on a pedestal because you've neglected your body your whole life. And you know you can't even f-ing compete in the physical arena. Quit making excuses and get your weight up. DM me your number if you're ready to get after it. Let's get it. Go off. Please tell me he specifically added Mark Zuckerberg. I I believe. They looked down on you when you got your shirt off. We can all read books. He's like at (laughs) at a formal dinner party with his shirt off and people are like, that's a little inappropriate. He's like, oh, "Oh, you're a suit. (laughs) Oh, is it? Because I'm fake intellectual. So. Uh, I like that he's, I believe that he's watching us and that's why he's editing his F words now because Thank he, you. He really is just like the biggest fan of pop culture. <laughs> I can't he? wait for him to be on the show when he's back from Greece. He wants to keep the show family friendly for us. He knows that that's what we do our best yeah. to do that. So thank you, Chet. And yes, um, like I couldn't w- agree more. Do you remember when I said that his brother looks like a kid who got through into lock, thrown into lockers, and he looks like a Colin. dude who threw? He looks <laughs> like a dude. Maybe it's Colin. Maybe he's adding Colin here. He's like, stop it! Just because your mom and dad's favorite. Look, I work out. You think he calls him colonizer? <laughs> I no, mean, I think he calls him nerds and shoves him through a locker. The colonizer. I bet she does. I bet he's not he's not chatted up like like Chet is. So no, That's he f- looks like if you swapped him with Bill Hader, I wouldn't know a difference. <laughs> so thank you, Chet. Well, Chet, we 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 absolutely treasure this advice, and you're right. You know, like faking. Uh, what's wor- like you can fake intellectualism. Like you can be a fake intellectual. You can't be a fake uh, a fake Hanks Hanks fit person because you can't fake you can't fake being, burpees. You, you can't fake being uh, sober like and not jacked. Wrong, which is like. It's true. Like, there's something there. You can't also, fake waking up at 4 a.m. every single day. I just think posting it on your story. Hopefully, sometimes, like if you're ever in a conversation with someone and they have more information than you do, you look at them and you go, well, "We can all read books." <laughs> that is the new go-to line. We can all read books, not to, but not but all of us do. understand them. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, all right, so we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about Mike Tyson, and he takes a jab. That I like the, the language here that they use. Mike Tyson takes a jab at Hulu ahead of Mike's series premiere. Uh, they stole my life story and didn't pay me. Basically, they, they made in... Uh, we, we've talked a lot about uh, documentaries. We mm-hmm. talked about... Uh, what was that? Uh, the, the one about... Uh, on each, the one about it's all about female criminals. That that's what most of them are. The the oh, one yeah, Netflix like inventing Anna, inventing Anna. Um, then uh, the dropout mm. and all of these biopics aren't necessarily true crime no. either. Like Madonna, um, Alina Fernandez was her name, or even the one on Marilyn Monroe, right? Marilyn Monroe. We're also getting the ones about like Astro World and, and about, the documentaries about yeah. actual events that have Those happened. Those are, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm tired of the biopics more than documentaries anyway, because yeah. that in in a biopic you can editorialize, I think, even more than a than a documentary. But um, this one they announced um early last year right and he was against and it right from the beginning because he wasn't involved so yeah but i think his reasons for being against it were disingenuous and really uh what we've been talking about emotivist 
against the people making it. So you're saying that they, they ass he's assuming intent as to what they're trying Majorly, to. Majorly, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to know if uh, there's, first of all, before anything, if there's like one of the few people in the world I wouldn't want to piss off, it's probably Iron Mike Tyson. Like, seems like a very, very stupid thing for a Hulu executive to do. I wonder if they included the, uh, the airplane altercation in the, in in the, the documentary. <laughs> one of my favorite memes of all time is a picture of Mike Tyson going like this, and he's got like, White powder all over his nose. It says, <laughs> Mike, uh, it says Mike Tyson uh, after enjoying a powdered donut at a house party in 1988. I mean, maybe <laughs> they thought that if they involved him in making the series, that they wouldn't be able to cover exactly. the gritty realities of his life that he isn't proud of. So I had to double take when I first read this because my initial instinct is like, that's lame. Like he should absolutely be allowed to be involved in, in the telling of his story. But the more I think about it, the more I wonder, do you actually get at a bit more truth but if you like, don't have them involved? Why are other public figures like Madonna allowed to be so heavily involved in some, the telling of their story? She's some public figures are and some public figures are not and you have to put certain disclosures on it when they're involved versus when they're not mm -hmm. so like the movie um house of gucci and lady gaga played i don't donatella mm -hmm. or is it house of versace donatella versace okay it must be house of versace because i'm mixing this up there's oh, one gucci. about there's one about versace there's whatever whoever house of gucci is is the one that lady is the one gaga that just came in. out yeah. lady gaga plays the wife that orders her husband's murder and sh the original the woman is still alive and she was not involved at all and apparently reached out to Lady Gaga and Lady Gaga was like no I'm not gonna talk to you about it uh, <laughs> she probably couldn't for legal reasons with the studio right and I think it some of it is contract. like you have to pay for the rights like you you pay differently I think you're right there is a level of if he's involved then they have to defer to some of what he says like he can be like no that didn't happen this way or I don't I don't he want can it depicted that way he's involved he exactly so uh, do, do they get is it possible now I don't trust any any film studio that wants to make money to make it 100% accurate, I expect them to take liberties at just about every, every corner. But who do I trust more to tell an accurate story of their life? Do I trust Mike Tyson to embellish for good reasons? Or do I want to trust Hulu to embellish for bad reasons? Of course, that's me putting the own... Like, I'm actually putting yeah. words in their mouth that I'm assuming that they're going to cover things he doesn't want covered. Well, it was weird because his criticisms of how they went about this honestly like seemed to have nothing to do with him personally and more about uh his race yeah. and the fact that this is a black story uh, which yeah, he, is a strange way to put it because it's intensely personal and unique to his life which doesn't reflect uh most ordinary people or most other black people yeah he's lived an extremely unique life to have a movie made about you you usually have lived yeah, some like, of, an, of, of a unique i don't existence. know why he would call it a black yeah. story yeah. So he says, uh, don't let Hulu fool you. I won't support their story about my life. It's not 1822. It's 2022. Uh, they stole my life story and didn't pay me. And then he uses some very uh, language that I cannot use to describe it and describes uh, Can the Can we just Hulu. beep it? Uh, we're not doing that. I am not doing that. Uh, a black man sold at auction. Yeah. So it says, yeah. Uh, his latest post comes after a publication was made on the same social media platform where he praised UFC president Dana White for allegedly refusing to promote the Hulu series. So they went around him, tried to get paid Dana White millions of dollars to promote the, the series without consulting him or paying him anything. Because uh -huh. uh, honestly, wouldn't he be the best promotion for the project, right? Like usually, but then they have, that comes right. with him. Maybe they thought they would get get more promotion from the negative feedback yeah. from Mike Tyson 
than anything. Which so, in some ways they did. I had no idea this was happening until he started complaining about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It says who and he, he called them the streaming version of the slave master. Yes. Uh, that, that, uh, that's uh, that's very just out of pocket. Like, I, I don't understand the point he's trying to make. So, because uh, uh, it's he—he he wasn't involved. It's—it would be different if he were involved in it, and then they kicked him out of the project and didn't compensate him or something like that. Yeah. But allow people the the freedom to do what they want. Is Let this have anything to do with the fact that now that's with social media, like? Almost uh, everyone's going to be a public figure of some sort, so it feels like you should have some ownership over your story to be told when it's being well, told by. Well, if there's people. something defamatory uh, or untrue in the project, then call it out and proceed from there if if you need to. Yeah. But it, just him not being involved in it isn't reason to to use such extreme language. I also wonder: is this language backed up with any action? Like, is he suing Netflix? Is he? Did he send so. a cease and desist order to the production team? Like, I don't think he I, can. Why? I mean, like, if, if he, he thinks there's something defamatory, how in would it, he know can that? He? How would he know that without seeing it? He has not, to see okay, it so I'm not a legal expert, but theoretically, they are profiting off his image, and he's a public figure. And there are, in cases, from what I understand, and this is, I will go to law school later, but <laughs> there. are are certain claims that people have to like privacy or to promoting their own image right so in some ways i could see something along the lines of Thank like you. he should have if they did not reach out to him he didn't turn down the offer to be involved or if he thinks that they are using his uh likeness his image they're using his reputation to promote their movie yeah. he might be entitled to some kind of compensation or at least some some sort of uh but say un- in the project but unauthorized documentaries and books and autobiographies have been made for as long as time is they sometimes the they time, can't yeah. come out because they're challenged legally i'm just i'm not saying that they're he would win in court but like i think if you're going to make um a really intense statement on social media you should probably back it up in the real world with action against it so here's a, a comment from uh the from the showrunner uh who, talking about the uh, the unauthorized nature of the project she says we just wanted to tell an unbiased story and have the audience decide what they think or feel challenging what people think uh, think they know about mike and hoping that they come away from the series with something else to think about whether you like him or hate him does the story make you question how complicit society has been that is the intention. Uh, that is the intention. That is what. Uh, that was the north star for the writers' room as we were as we were crafting these stories. So uh, it's about what society's interpretation of his actions, uh, how we have judged Mike. I consider him to be a fantastic comeback story uh, in the mainstream. Like I don't know much about uh, him from his uh, highs in the boxing career to time in jail. To uh, then coming out and having he did an episode of Law and Order SVU. He's, he's had a he's got a very mm-hmm. successful podcast. He's got a very successful weed business, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's kind of come around to be uh, like he's looked at as like a, a, a well liked public figure now after the disgrace of the what the Evander Holyfield ear biting incident and then you know the the face tattoo itself was a whole thing and it, it was kind of like his own version of like Britney Spears tat- uh, shaving her head. Okay, right? yeah, but like, her hair can grow back. Yeah. Like, can't, well, can't little really did Mike Tyson off one day. little did Tyson know what he was going to do for face tattoos being like a thing now that you know n- now face tattoos are a thing, far less common back then. He, he's a, what I would consider like a redemption story of sorts in in, in the in the world today. I also wonder yeah. if someone is like he ma- he's made comments recently about how he feels like his life is like he's not going to be alive for much longer. Like he doesn't That's- like. He doesn't, he doesn't elaborate, but he just says he feels like he's at, like, the... I, I mean, 
I totally understand, especially if he's not in a good place right now, why he wouldn't want the lows of his life to be broadcast and dramatized to millions of people. Yep. Um, I don't know if he plans on watching this himself to to see whether there are fabricated parts of the story, but I I don't think it would be a good idea for him to watch it anyway if it bothers him that much. Is it mostly about the compensation? I mean, I feel like it's the compensation that bothers him the most. Of course, and I, that and rightfully so. I mean, like I said, yeah, but he's saying that it's about like his race that they decided to not involve him, yeah. and I just don't see any basis for that or I, I wonder if in some ways because our country has such a, has had a like since 2020 it's been really focusing on um like black american and telling black american stories if in some ways they specifically they they wouldn't have produced this had the last two years not happened also you know I, what i mean like he might have gotten his wish that this wouldn't have existed if we weren't culturally in a place that really? we are right now. That's just a theory. Also, if you go on Hulu, if you go on Netflix, if you go on Amazon Prime, there's always a subsection of uh, of movies you can watch that say tell uh, black stories. So it is hypocritical of them to push the narrative of telling black stories but not compensating the people they're being told uh, being told about. Uh, that's generalized. I yeah, I understand that. And he said at the time that they announced. Um, its production that it's a prime example of how Hulu's corporate greed led to this tone-deaf cultural misappropriation of his life story. To make this announcement during Black History yeah. Month only confirms Hulu's concern for dollars over respect for black story rights. Hollywood needs to be more sensitive to black experiences, especially after all that has transpired in 2020. Yeah. I think that's absolutely correct. Like, or at the very least, quit virtue signaling and actually uh, say what you're, do what you're going to say on the back end, too. Not I just disagree because they're telling Mike Tyson's life story because it's about Mike Tyson, not because of his race. I'm just saying that they should... See, but uh, it's it, not clear. Like, again, I give credit to this statement if they did announce it during... Black, like, I just don't trust Hulu to be like that nuanced of a like no it's about the athlete and the individual like yeah they pick certain project based on what they think audiences are going to respond to and i think having announced this during black history month like it's a little like mm. on the edge there like even if they don't say oh we're telling a black story like it seems like intentional they didn't pick a different athlete they picked mike mike it's tyson weird then that they didn't anticipate him speaking out against it they might have just assumed he wouldn't like i i don't know like or, or they just they didn't think that far ahead it, or like, like you said they knew he would and are like this is going to hype up this what we're presenting as an unbiased thing because i mean it's totally right like see he hates it that we're gonna like tell the real side of the story yeah which, and which, they're trying to give this calm response which is like look, we're trying to be unbiased. And so that might explain why we couldn't have had him involved in the production because then we would have had to incorporate his wishes, which might have distorted the bi the, the nature of storytelling. And I That's how I felt about the, the one... We were talking about James Franco getting cast as Fidel Castro. Mm -hmm. and By his daughter, right? About, it's, yeah, it's really about his daughter. And his daughter is hired as a consultant for biographical accuracy. And I was wondering how you can assure that that doesn't manipulate the telling of the story like i don't i just don't think mm -hmm. in general in a biopic the person of interest should be necessarily involved yeah i think you're right i think it's kind of interesting uh, i mean it'd be really interesting to get like a contract lawyer who specifically works on this on the show and get them to comment on it because i think 
it goes both ways. If you have them involved, you might have more exclusive details or might better be able to depict certain aspects of what happened that we mm-hmm. don't really... You Otherwise, you're relying on, like, people who may not know the Thank person you. super well. People who say they know Mike Tyson, but do they really... Versus like that could be even less accurate than exactly. whatever they get from him, or They're, just like headline stuff. Like, uh, I sorry, I skipped ahead in this article, and it's from the series is created by Stephen Rogers, who created I Tonya. And if you've seen that movie, it's about uh, Tonya Harding, yep. the figure mm-hmm. skater. And I believe she was a consultant on the movie. I know she talked to Margot Robbie about it at some point. I, I don't remember. Maybe she declined to be involved. Did Tyson say whether maybe they asked him to be involved and he said no and they went forward anyway? Is that possible? Because if they had asked him, he would have said yes, it seems. No, I think he right? would have said no. And they were like, well, we're doing it anyways. And he would have been like, so I think that would make think him he might be intentionally mad. just omitting that part. Yeah. Well, he said, I don't support their story about my life. Like, he could have been like, hey, we'd love to include you in this project. And he's like, no, but he wants it I to don't be all roses. It. Or he wants it to not happen. And they were like, well, it is happening. The, but you can either be in it or, like, okay. be involved in it or not. And he the, was like, I don't want to happen. And I would be pissed if that were me, too. Mm-hmm. The producer who's making this, uh, who spoke in that comment, uh, is also producing Sister Act 3. I wonder if no, we'll be good. No, you can't <laughs> do that. You can't. No. You should, there, uh, yeah, the, any good, modernizing Sister Act seems like a horrible idea. You could never. No. Uh, she was also involved in Grey's Anatomy, which means she's probably uh, uh, mentored under Shonda Rhimes. Um, so, uh, Shonda Rhimes is not a good writer, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I'm... I love Joe Morton, but a scan, uh, the show Scandal, which I felt started fantastic, became one of the most, like, uh, uh, it's kind of like how uh, how people on Twitter, like, think that that's how people talk in the real world, people, how, how they talk on Twitter. The dialogue it's, is what bothers me. Yeah. The it's, most. It's, it's the most hyperbolic, over yeah. the top. And the only person who pulls that off in that show is Joe Morton, because Joe Morton is freaking awesome. Uh, but every time, like, or, or I guess you could say Kerry Washington does as well when, when, when she does it. But whenever any of the side characters try to do it, I'm like, nope, no. Just corny. Just corny. So we'll, we'll see. Like, uh, and I do want to ask, so I was trying to think of, like, when it comes to this type of documentary, if we're talking docu-series, uh, biopic, what is more important to you? Accuracy or entertainment? I'm not sure because I was thinking about this with the with the Elvis biopic. Are they going to show the ugly parts of his life or are they just going to make it seem like it was all? I mean, I'm sure they how, much ugly, some. how much ugly, how much ugly and can which you things show? are you going to omit because it's going to shatter people's perceptions of this kind yep. of mythologized figure in Americana. But I think I, I think I want accuracy in part because I think accuracy can is ultimately what is entertaining. Like if you produce, I don't know a, about that. I think so if you much produce our, a fluff piece that's all roses, then like it's not really like yeah, you might remember it, but it doesn't have the same nuance. Like I like films that show the complexity of people, and part of accuracy is showing good and bad or problematic, and letting your viewer have the independence to decide where that person falls in the end. So much of like, like somebody like Elvis or even like a Mike Tyson, so much of, uh, of their reputation becomes a mythologized version of themselves that I don't know if accuracy is even really all that super possible to make 
super interesting in comparison to what they're seen as uh, collectively as a whole by society. I mean, but I would argue that was like what was interesting about watching I, Tanya. I don't care. No offense to figure skaters. Like, it's not something I've ever followed very intensely. But I know Tanya Harding, like, yeah. had that girl's knee broken or she broke that girl's knee so she could get on the team. Like, you know the myth of it. And the way this filmmaker, which gives me hope for this uh, series, he had done it where he was like, he has the characters break the fourth wall, look at you and say like, I know they made it seem like I attacked her on the ice, but that's not what happened. And you can understand where there are some liberties taken, but on the other hand, it gives a more full perspective than yeah. what the myth has. The myth leaves you f far away from the reality. And I'd I think rather what people want is to feel connected to the story. I was, I was reading in, I, I like, I was reading up on, uh, I don't know if you, you're both probably too young to know who Carrie Strug was she was a gymnast at the 1996 olympics who got um hurt her ankle got hurt uh and she had to do like a i don't even know what the I, i'm not a gymnast so the uneven she, bars right it was something like that and she had to land something in and there's this whole uh amazing feel-good moment in kind of american olympic history of her landing this on one ankle uh, on one basically yeah, on one I leg right and then you go and you really and you look into it and you find out that she regretted doing it and all of the bats mm -hmm. i like and i understand that, that makes me kind of like uh, uh like i don't like that but like let the moment be what it was yeah like uh, i i i want her to have all the justice for whatever may have had like if she feel mm -hmm. how whatever way she does but for society those moments mean something for the collective consciousness of the country yeah they represent so i like the maybe because i like storytelling i like the story told the, the aspect of it that's the story that's been told of this amazing moment in history as opposed to the harsh reality of what actually was but it, i think that like for good or for knowing better knowing that these ama amazing moments come with costs like yeah. that is ultimately what makes them great right yeah. like she risked probably breaking her answer ankle and like ruining her career permanently or something or like again i have to go back to tanya harding because that's the one i've actually seen like i didn't realize that she got barred from the sport completely to oh, the yeah. point where she could not even coach. And that was the only thing she had done in her entire life. So her, the basically mm -hmm. the Olympic committee took away her ability to make a living. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this is a really complicated statement about like competition and sport and things like that. And like, although that, figure skating moment for a lot of people is just like, Oh, crazy figure skaters, like desperate to get on the Olympic team competitiveness. Like, it was also a commentary on what it is like to make your child into an elite athlete yeah. with very few resources and fallback options from an early age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think right. it's especially difficult when these things involve living subjects. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't think that's a good idea. And it's easier, what, what you're saying, it's easier to make it entertaining and make it um, mm -hmm. more mythologized when that person is long gone. For better and all worse. the people they knew well, can't, can't meddle with what, you're writing. And then well, you have the family and, and everybody is going to be involved saying they wouldn't have want this story told. They wouldn't want, but we, you as a society always have that comfort of knowing maybe they didn't actually believe that. Like the, the family of mm -hmm. some celebrity can be like, they wouldn't have wanted this to be made. And you can just say, maybe, maybe not. Well, mm -hmm. also do it again to go back to Mary's point. Do they have to pick my Tyson who is alive right now and clearly opposed to this project? Like isn't Jackie Robinson, the baseball player? There are like, a lot of people to choose from. Definitely. Yeah, aren't there other alternatives? If like we it feel... seems like they're looking for outrage or yeah. controversy. I mean, it's hard not to think of it as like Pete Rose is still alive. You could you'd make a. <laughs> we, we I was talking about Pete Rose the other day because the thing came up about like what does he do? I don't know. Who he Pete was a Rose baseball. Is. He was a baseball player. All right, uh, let's do some super chats. 
that up. I'm not reading that. Uh, Goofer <laughs> Trooper said, here to thank Brett for checking my memes. Hope you liked them. Also, extremely surprised in a very good way that Brett chatted a bit. Groovy. I, 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 I am here for the memes, so. Uh, Is this like a DM slide? Me, yes. Ooh. Yes. I, I had to, it was, it was buried in the request form. <laughs> Thousand Foot Deep End said, I remember the Carrie Scruggs thing. It was the vault she performed while injured. Yep. I went like it's one of like, I don't know if you girls do this, but I love to go back and watch. <laughs> I love to go back and watch amazing uh, moments in sports history. It's the, You're that's the only person in this room who gets sentimental, I guess. It's, what? It, no, like uh, about sports. Like, it, Olympic athletes. Okay. Brett's like, I, I love, have a I love great this. sports moments in history. I do. Uh, I, I I'm not afraid to say it, says I, Brett. <laughs> I, it's literally what you, it's why YouTube should exist, is to go back and watch amazing moments in sports history. You want to uh, go back and listen to Thomas Sowell and then just watch stuff from uh, amazing moments in sports. You listen to Thomas Sowell? Yeah. Hmm. One more. Tyler Hardison said, I like neither Mike nor Hulu. Why does he deserve compensation? I don't care for celebs who use race as a club. Much love for the show. Yeah, that that, that part surprised me. Like, I get maybe maybe I don't follow like whenever I I listen to Mike Tyson, it tends to be like when he does podcasts with other people. Uh, sometimes I've listened to his; it's not a huge one of mine mm -hmm. to listen to. But it doesn't seem to be a conversation, at least in the ones that I listen to that comes up very much. So that's why that surprised me. I've never followed Mike Tyson. I know he was on that law and order SVU episode. And that's really where our <laughs> last thing our I remember from him is departed. just beating up that guy on the plane. Yes. Uh, if you ever want to, uh, it doesn't to, seem to be doing very well. <laughs> I'm just like, if you go watch and watch, watch Mike Tyson box in his prime and, and just be scared for that Hulu executive. Cause you do not want that dude coming after you to, Hopefully he's not that angry. Yes. I mean, so. also, like, does he want to go back to prison? Like, you could say that. Hopefully he's advanced <laughs> past that point of just blind rage. Don't tempt him. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Sean Bean, who has absolutely no idea what the hell is going on in Hollywood, apparently. He just went right into the crosshairs. Do you think he picked his name on purpose? Like, do you think his what? parents named him Sean, or do you think... As in C-N-B-N? Because it's S-E-A-N-B-E-A-N. Yeah, like, C-N-B-N. Why? I don't get it. <laughs> So it says, Game of Thrones star Sean Bean says intimacy coordinators spoil the spontaneity of sex scenes and he decries the censorship of his work. Um, he has, like, it's, I'm imagining this. I'm imagining literally, like, Harvey Weinstein happens, Me Too happens, and he just falls asleep. He's just and been he's blissfully just been unaware the whole time. <laughs> he woke up from a coma. <laughs> he, he fell into a coma in 2015 and woke up today mm -hmm. and was like... So intimacy coordinators, right, guys? That's they are just ruining things around <laughs> here. Um, I don't like this. What I, don't you like about it? I'm certainly not pro intimacy coordinators if we're going to have sex scenes at all. But overall, I'm anti sex scenes. And I think if you're going to make them, they are exactly what he said they shouldn't be, which is a, a coordinated technical exercise. Yeah. They're not spontaneous. It's They're very much planned. They're very much like a stunt. They're like fake. They, like uh, uh, Jamila Jamil says in her, yeah. in her comments. So, uh, I just don't think they should happen at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because there's no reason that you can't include that in a story without showing get, everything. Uh, like it, I, I, you can tell a lot more by implying things or masking things from view than showing everything. 
I, I think wonder, that's a huge problem with new projects. Yeah. It's just overwhelming the amount of explicit graphic scenes in especially like HBO Max shows, but all over the place. Netflix is terrible about it too. It adds nothing and just shows that they put less effort into writing and more into grabbing people's attention at their most base desires. I was watching something the other day and looking through the... And now I can't remember. Uh, a lot of those scenes are network mandated, meaning that... That's so creepy. So, so the, disgusting. The, That's so weird. The director is like, would be like, you know, I'd be just as fine not having it, but the network says, look... It's, uh, it's, it's like rubbing it's George R.R. R. Like, Martin. No. Uh, it's a fantasy series. We're going to have titties. That's more We're creepy and <laughs> like so creepy. R-wordy and Me Too-y than anything yep. else that I've heard. And why is that allowed to continue? Yep. So, and I so do believe weird. that, that like, uh, as much as I hate, I, I really dislike Jamila Jamil, I believe that she is I correct. Like all these uh, I, I, I believe that she's correct that it should not, it should be looked at as a technical exercise. He's looking at it more of like, uh, in an old school, like, oh, we're acting, we're feeling out the scene. Like a lot of actors evangelize the idea of like, we're like searching for truth. We're like, we're like, we're, we're truth it. seekers. Like we're trying to find the truth of the character. Well, your truth cannot be ha held uh, in the wrong place on a woman's body. Apparently that's what Hollywood, that's where Hollywood draws the line, at least in front of the camera, according to them. It was kind of the same in the comments from Lena Hall after uh, Poor when she was like responding to this. Um, she was saying like, it was a really difficult scene to do is very conceptual. And it was just us against the world in that scene. And Creepy. it's like, what, what are you okay, even talking about? Did you see this about? stuff from Neil Patrick Harris where he talked about filming Gone Girl and they were like, so just go off on your own and like figure yeah. it out, which is like what? equally weird. What? So in that way, like I wonder what Mr. Bean's comment on that would be because I guess they could have figured out the spontaneity. <laughs> well, and and to, to his credit, the, the, the actress says, look, he made me feel extremely comfortable. Sure. He was extremely professional and he's looking at it from kind of an old school, I'm old, I don't realize just how like bad yeah. things are for the younger generation. I think also his personality is just likely to see it as a spontaneous impulsive thing because they're searching uh, for truth. He's Mary. Yeah, he's They're finding the truth of the scene. If, if that means that he has to cop a feel, then he's very according to him so be it. Into like the method of it, yeah. the art of it, but He's lost in the art of it. He's just it seems like he's also an, an impulsive and very emotional person because He's 63 and has been married five times and calls himself a romantic because of it. I think the natural way lovers <laughs> behave would be ruined by someone bringing it right down to a technical exercise, he added, comparing his experience to the raunchy 1993 adaptation of uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. But the thing is, they have to do extremely emotional scenes that have nothing to do with sex that w are just as much of a technical exercise with a director giving you notes. How is that any different? Yeah, if it were all about spontaneity, then you could make up your own lines. Yeah, I think the other thing is like intimacy coordinators are probably there to say stuff like in this day and age. We can't not have them. I don't know what this guy's talking about, because presumably if you're an actor or an actress and you're like, I really don't want to do this thing the director is asking me to do. You're not going to tell the director because he'll fire you or yell at you. You go to the intimacy coordinator. Like it gives a but buffer. It's unfortunate that you even need to have that middleman and not just be respected. Regardless. Sure. But like. I I'm totally on board with the idea that like we really don't need as many sex scenes as we get in movies and ultimately they are like not they are to sell the movie and they are not to develop the plot mm -hmm. but 
I just don't trust this system of I know this is like a British production so we can't really say Hollywood but like I think all film industry need more people to be held accountable and so if we have a director and an artistic coordinator yeah. and probably a lawyer on set and I like whatever we need to get this to stop happening because but the it fact is that so this, creepy. those scenes are mandated it's creepy. Bridgerton by the studio anyway like Bridgerton over the top Euphoria Game over of, the Game top of Thrones. Game of Thrones I think it was Extreme, Euf- I think like, Euphoria is the one that he said that like it's that it's studio so mandated bad. Uh, SAG-AFTRA opens membership to accredited intimacy coordinators essential members of production I think I might have to go for a second career here guys Get, I wonder how I wonder how much it costs. How do you to study my, to become that, Brett? That's what, a fantastic what do you watch, question. What do you watch a lot of to sort of get those things <laughs> down? Maybe I'm just curious. Maybe the problem know. here is that Sean Bean should have had an intimacy coordinator in his marriages. Ooh, that way he wouldn't burn. have. The, the, <laughs> maybe then he'd have a successful maybe, one. I didn't know you divorced loser. <laughs> no, nice. Got so him. mean. Okay, I'm kidding. I, I, I'm um, kidding. No, I, it's <laughs> a joke. Okay, um, I. I recently was looking at a thread on Twitter where people were talking about sex scenes and how they've just been becoming more and more common and like pervasive to to the point where you can't even fast forward through them or know when to avoid them or when they're coming. It's just out of nowhere, no context and no value poor to kids along in living rooms with their parents everywhere just it's, like it's, ruining their lives yeah like, if they're if you're around family or you're just around other people watching that it's awkward even if you're alone and you didn't expect to see that it's awkward and it doesn't add anything to what you're watching i don't think like i just don't understand who this is for because if you want to watch porn then go do that but mm-hmm. it shouldn't be on a, a mainstream streaming platform i think the fact that it's mandated from the studios is even more telling like they are looking at i assume the porn industry and being like we want to profit off of mm-hmm. what you guys are profiting off of so and then probably the, so i feel like they're directly competing with yeah. pornography which is like more disturbing because Probably everyone watching has opted specifically not to watch porn, whether it's for I just want to watch a movie or like for whatever reasons you have and to then weave it back in and be like, it's inescapable. There's no option. They used to bring in uh, adult film actresses and actors into scenes like that. Like, like well, it, Chloe Cherry in Euphoria is exactly that. They did she the was same casted thing. from being scouted in pornography. I believe so. more than a few were involved in the first season of True Detective. Um, I would argue too that like this... So when we had decency standards that wouldn't allow, and I mean decency standards in like a technical way, uh, that wouldn't allow you to show like intimacy. It's like why every TV parent on in the world is like in separate beds, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not allowed to have Based. it. Right. You had to convey intimacy and um, the idea that they were sleeping together in a more nuanced way. So Through there's like, words and actions. Well, and there's like a, or in more creative ways. Like there was this yeah. scene, I think it's a Humphrey Bogart film where like at the end of the the movie, you know, the, the strapping man saves the day and the girl falls into his arm and they kiss. And then the next scene is a train going into a tunnel. Yep, I remember Which that. is like bold, <laughs> but it's not graphic. It's just making you think, which is like, 
it's so much better. It's so much more creative. It's so much more interesting. You can actually have a lot of people in the room. I remember all this stuff about like Disney movies or um, like Hey Arnold was one of the shows that they're like, it actually had a lot of layered uh, technical stuff that like adults could appreciate, but were mi often missed by children because they were blended into the show so well. Instead of drawing attention to the fact like, hey, do you know these people are sleeping together? Look, 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 look. It's like much more subtle. And I think that in some way by making film just more do like, it and see, just do it with cgi they're doing film, everything else with cgi well making <laughs> film more like porn is actually not helping artistry at all well also like it's a running joke everyone knows that in porn they have these so-called storylines to in the beginning to like set the scene i posted and a, increasingly on tv shows and movies the stories are getting that low effort and that cheap and like laughably stupid so it's overlapping to the point where there's almost becoming like no distinction between the two. I just posted a meme the other day. It's a guy who says, I just got hired for my p first porno. I'm playing the guy going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So like m maybe it is like, okay, here's the real question is like, uh, what if they end up getting an Oscar for stunt or for like intimacy coordinators before stunt coordinators? I would be mad. <laughs> I just got to level with you. Like, I, I think if you're going to have sex scenes, we should probably have lots of accountability for stuff because it just seems like such a crazy risk in this day and age to continue to produce sex scenes. But I digress. I think that stunt coordinators in a lot of ways, I would argue, add more to movies than well, yeah. intimacy coordinators do. And in some ways, the intimacy coordinator is, if we're treating it like a technical stunt, should be under that umbrella. So really, we should have stunt mm -hmm. coordinators get recognized well before maybe the writers should consider it part of their job that if they're doing their job well and they've conveyed the emotion properly they won't need them yeah if you've conveyed the emotion well enough you don't need a scene that requires it right? no they i know they they don't need them but they add them for nefarious reasons i i, I consider like i said i'm no prude and i don't like doesn't bother me to watch them but they always fe feel unneeded to me I just think we rely too heavily on it right now. Yeah. Like there is nothing else who we can figure out how to sell movies. And yeah. that is sad. And that's, uh, you know, I always equate sequels to like sugar. Like I get every once in a while, it's good to have candy bar, but like we don't. Here we just go. Hannah Claire with her sequel Shh, hatred. You can't again. interrupt me mid comment. I can absolutely. Uh, <laughs> this is Brett's show. He can do what he wants. <laughs> but like, you know, if you just dilute your diet and, kill yourself on sugar then it's obviously bad your teeth fall out you get diabetes right with like the intimacy coordinators we don't use intimacy sparingly yeah. in a way that is like um surprising or sort of like you know there are there are movies from back in the day what's the one where is it mrs robinson she like takes some stance that's like suggestive or whatever like i guess one like but, yeah, like, like hold on it she, should feel earned right and like people talk about that they remember it as a cinematic moment it's bold and now we do it all the time we're like Sydney Sweeney, who was in Euphoria, like she's never not going to be known as that girl who just mm -hmm. basically had a lot of sex on TV, right? Like we are no longer, we have become so desensitized to this that we can't figure out when to cut it off. And that is ultimately killing the art. There was a, an early 2000s, mid 2000s, uh, like romantic comedy that was horribly marketed called The Girl Next Door, starring Alicia Cuthbert and Elijah Emil Hirsch, Emil Hirsch, not Elijah Wood. That's uh, what I was going to say. And um, 
Basically, the idea is like uh, an ex-porn star moves next door to him, and he's like a teenager, and all his friends love porn, and the whole movie's like, basically, they fall in love, and she's left the industry, and the idea here is that, like, he's, uh, when they finally get together at the end of the movie, it's that he's, ha- he's having his first time, and she's uh, having uh, sexual relations for actual intimate reasons for the first time, and the problem was... That the movie's actually so re- no, the movie's actually really, really good, uh, and there's very little. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not graphic. The scene is not graphic at all. But the way that they explain it in like the directors, like when the directors explaining that scene in like the audio commentary, like it doesn't, uh, like I felt like they could have done it uh, in a way that was even. Uh, even less intense at the end, and it wasn't bad at all. It was fine. I, in fact, I love that movie. But it's like the the idea that he's trying to convey on screen is so complex to uh, in the story, uh, uh, woven into a romantic mm-hmm. comedy that uh, that one argument could be made that maybe uh, more being shown might have gotten that across better to people, but it would have felt earned because it would have been at the very end of the movie. They go through all this stuff together to get together at the end. Uh, but I almost felt like uh, the the lack thereof. They kind of honors they, the they actual tried story. To, they tried to make it emotional, uh, and, and it works. But I felt like uh, there was a lot of choices they could have done. But it's like the the industry as a whole is very very. That's a very very difficult thing to pin down. Mm. So mm. let's go to super chats. Let's do it. Mary's over it. <laughs> There's a lot I could Next. say, but the people don't want to hear it. <laughs> Jonathan Harris said Ned Stark came back and is lost yeah. Mary's like for Christ's sake get married first just just do that <laughs> or just you know don't film the scene and don't do it on camera um also someone else said they hate censorship when they want to see sex and love it when you say things they don't want to hear yeah. yeah we didn't even get to the censorship part of the article where he talks about they, cens- they censored my my sex scene it's all about free speech when it's not actually speech in question yep. uh Clef the misfit said yeah I know I've yeah, no, I've never understood how Hollywood cancels people for the slightest transgressions, but Mike Tyson literally R-worded a woman, and he's still a mainstream, socially accepted celebrity. Was that, was that proven? I, I when did know, that happen? I did, that would have been 90s. Have you I, heard of I, it? Did, I did not. Uh, I knew that there was accusations, but it was like in the 80s. I, I had no idea if that was ever it. proven or if she admitted that. It, he's, but he, he's right. Like that's, it is weird he how. He was found like, guilty of rape in 1992. Okay, I don't know so, if I can say that word. It's, like, it's like there's like a, like I don't even remember that. Like, that's like, like there's like a socially like. Uh, like that some, is pretty crazy. Like, this guy is a convicted <laughs> rapist. Yeah. And he's like, like a successful podcast hoster. And they like, like I said, I don't even remember it. Like I don't Because I think for a lot of people in that industry, it's just considered like so common that it's acceptable but if you say something uncouth then yeah. you're maligned forever yeah like i said i don't even i don't even remember like i remember the accusation but it gets memory there hold. have been a lot of times where i there's so many accusations that like i've so many people that unless i know that it's proven in this like i said in a court of law so they actually Followed through, did the right thing, went through legal channels and did so. So, yeah, that's... that's Yeah, mm. that's not an example of, like, Me Too or Campbell. That's just the American no. justice system. Yeah, and, like, it is. You're that's right. pretty serious. I mm-hmm. now understand. And maybe that's why Hulu didn't maybe want that's to include him. Maybe like, in the story. Let's... Yep. I that, hope it is. If Hulu left it out, that's also going that's to be... Yeah, good. that's yeah. probably right. Good good on you, Claire. That's a good comment. For yeah. finding that. Caper2x said, for the let's send Hannah Claire to <laughs> law school fund... Brett may need a lawyer. Ghost girl definitely does. LOL. I don't what know. What are you if, implying? What would I need a lawyer for? I am the most. To legally consult on your show. What are you talking about? That would be fantastic. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate it so much. At least we don't need an intimacy coordinator. 
they say. Please, never. never. Stop. That's so horrifying. Why would we, a podcast, need an intimacy coordinator? I hope that all of these people who actually are hired as intimacy coordinators are worth something else. Like, they do other things on set than just that. Like, they're worthy and useful to society Rachel, in other ways. <laughs> Rachel Zegler said, intimacy coordinators establish an environment of safety for actors. I was extremely grateful for the, for the one we had on West Side Story. They showed grace to a newcomer like myself, plus educated those around me who have had years of experience. I hate it when they talk about educating they other people. Them. Oh my God, uh, why don't you educate yourself? Okay, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I, can, I can crap on them just as much as I can crap on Sean Beans. Bobcat said, I'll be honest, classic film noir had much better handling of intimacy and sexuality. Look at the movie The Big Sleep, for example. 110% agree. They had to work within far more confined uh, morality restrictions with what they were allowed to show on camera. Thus, the artistry actually came out. Well, who said, like, uh, the best artists produce under oppression, right? Like, in some ways, having these restrictive cultures, I don't actually think of it as oppression, but, like, yeah. having to, to be told, like, there are limits, you have mm. to figure out ways to convey what you're trying to get at without it just being, like, a punch in the face, it actually made everything better. People had to think more critically. Yeah. When they, when, uh, when the, like, around oh, the time of, uh, of World War II, like, weren't there, like, painters, uh, like, Jewish painters who had to, like, paint from rooftops to like avoid uh, they they weren't allowed to go out so a lot of their art was created from rooftops and mm -hmm. that set a style and a tone to I the see. work working I just, within the restrictions i think and i don't think that's exactly the same as having no. decency laws for tv i wish that we still had some like the some from the past but uh you're right that if there are no boundaries <sighs> then people just think anything goes yeah and i get that art is about pushing boundaries but the thing is you would need a boundary there to push yeah, yeah, and there are none left. Jonathan Harris said, Are sex scenes the lobsters of the film industry? Sounds like more and more the shows or movies are becoming more like porn, but with worse plot. How can you have worse and, plot and than porn? And probably far more uh, annoying actors, to be, to be fair. Uh, I do. So we're going to be talking more about this on Thursday about uh, uh, on the taped episode about the, the pornification of pop culture, which is mm, an article yeah. that, that we read. So we're going to talk about that. Um, bad app. I'm not reading that. What? I, I'm not reading it. Does he ever just super chat you? I'm not reading that. So yes. You are reading I'm multiple not reading times. That. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, Chris Could you do it a bunch more times because we're trying to get to six crisis parties so i can beat up please <laughs> crispy leg transport llc said when you get time go look at the mike tyson case i'm absolutely gonna have to go do that because mm -hmm. uh, i like I, said, I memory hold that entirely like i knew that there was an accusation but did not uh, i knew we went to jail but i didn't remember it. i thought it was for something it was else from before either one of us were alive yeah. so that's on and you I Brett. you well, should have known <laughs> i would have been like six when that came when, when that <laughs> happened so. were you not studying you know, i was not studying i definitely was not waiting a, your whole life for this episode so you, admit, you admit it there was a time you didn't like pop culture when i was six <laughs> yes Deerhead Ranch said, how dare you disrespect Tyson? Mary was hot before she dissed Tyson. Did I diss him? I, I, I don't know I if mean, again, him. he's a convicted sex criminal. I feel like if you're going to diss anyone, that's an okay I, person I to diss. I think I dissed him and Hulu. Fair Both. enough. Deerhead Ranch said, never disrespect the most dangerous boxer ever. Tyson was heavyweight champ at 19. What were you at 19? 
uh, not a heavyweight champ. Fair, thankfully, you're, you're is that how we measure champ. success? Who yes. <laughs> who is heavyweight? I mean, champ maybe he's just repeating Chet's uh, point, which is that you you can be a fake intellectual and a podcaster, yeah, but we, you can't do fifty we, burpees at four a.m. Can you? We all can read books. <laughs> we can all read books. Now I'm picturing Tyson coming on the show and, and like quoting Chet Hanks at us. Look, and I will go back to our our <laughs> conversation on like, do you want accuracy or do you want like the myth, like. I think it's more interesting that you have someone who had so many uh, ex- extreme athletic accomplishments who also obviously had a very complicated uh, life was, outside of the ring. It was and a I different think, time. Like, well, a, and I think that we can acknowledge that someone had talent while acknowledging that they did it, the, it, the, the wrong thing at times. Like, like, we don't want all of one kind of hero glorification. Yeah, so, so like, is he if he, if he made his... Uh, Theoretically, he made his amends to society, and he is not committed a crime. Like, I, I don't that, know. You, is that like saying, like, if you're a title boxer, then it's okay if you assault someone? No, I'm like, saying I that. I don't think so. The, the purpose of the justice system is to rehabilitate. Like, is he? Is the idea then where do we go from? Is there? it to rehabilitate? Well, I don't think it is. I think it's to protect. Theoretically, people from the, it's theoretically, the idea. Society. Theoretically, the idea. Rehabilitating was to rehabilitate. is like a bonus, but not an obligation. So I just uh, I don't know. Like it's because I'm thinking back. Like some of my earliest memories of Mike Tyson outside of boxing was like he did like the thing where like he crossed over into the WWE. WF and worked with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It makes it even crazier that she, he was on Law and Order SVU. <laughs> I know he's <laughs> They're like, we're going for real. Like, the, well, you know, if we can't hire, if we have to hire like uh, a, a Latino to play Fidel Castro, if if a white person should play Marilyn Monroe, then we have to hire uh, R words to play R words. That's what they're going to that say. That is mm-hmm. bananas. That is very. They're like they looked at it and they're like, you know. What you, okay, but that means I that, want they, your that means that like at some point Hollywood decided this is a redeemable. This person is the person we want to redeem. I want I want your opinions on it then. Like uh, m- m- like we've been so boiled like bogged down by the idea of people being considered unforgivable for saying mean things, right? That's that's what society seems to hold dear now. Like yeah. if you said something awful, you're irredeemable. Now here's a case where somebody did something awful. Do you believe that there's uh like what is redem what does the path towards redemption look like for somebody like this who has been convicted? By a court of law of a horrible crime, what would like well, the path to redemption for them is private. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wish that all of it was private. private. But I, if you were a public figure beforehand, and that's the way forward, you the don't people have a who want to like and celebrate you don't really care what about the did. truth of what you did. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the path to marketability is a lot different than the path to personal yeah. redemption. And I'm not super invested in Mike Tyson's personal <laughs> path to redemption. Uh, or even uh, from, from a societal standpoint. Like, well, uh, like uh, if somebody's convicted of tax fraud, uh, well, I mean, you know, that's... They're a hero on this podcast. <laughs> to, to, the, to, uh, to, to a normie, they might um. be considered a criminal. Uh, obviously, these are different offenses. Like, when do we, like, when, uh, when is somebody considered redeemable, socially re- uh, redeemable by, by society, societal standards? Sorry, I'm still thinking about this comment. So I looked up this case, and it was like, what happened to Desiree Washington, the woman who mm-hmm. was attacked by Mike Tyson? And this commenter was like, he was a heavyweight champion at 19. She was a... a, a Miss Rhode Island pageant winner like are are you telling me that certain accomplishments I mean everything is within the eye of your personal judgment right but like I don't think that talented people are excused from being accountable to crime I don't know Jonathan Harris said bad app I'm not reading that um what bad app said read word me I I guess it. it worked all right 
Well, that, that, there's definitely some interesting questions. I, I compl- it's so weird how you memory hold certain things, and I like I did not. Re- I don't remember what I said. For some reason, I thought he went to jail for tax fraud, but then I remembered. I think that was Wesley That's- Snipes. That mm-hmm. I was thinking of, you know, Wesley Snipes, the tax hero of this of this podcast. So another thing uh, I forgot to mention when we were talking about Tyson is that. Um, sorry, Bean, we've suddenly skipped back. <laughs> sorry, let me <laughs> let me rewind um, awkwardly. But I I forgot to mention that like I think it's inconsistent to say they're uh, not propping up black stories when all of the actors who played Mike Tyson at different stages of his life were obviously black. So they are giving them opportunities. Maybe just he didn't get the opportunity he wanted. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we're going to move on and talk about this. This is fascinating. About uh, It's a lawyer for Johnny Depp. It wasn't Camille Vasquez. It was, uh, how did you pronounce the name again? It was uh, Yarlin Mina. Uh, mm-hmm. she, uh, she was the, the youngest attorney on Johnny Depp's team of lawyers. Uh, and there was a, a very nice article written about her post-trial after Johnny Depp won. Uh, and the law and the in the school it wasn't the law school it was her it was her undergraduate uh, it was her undergraduate degree this the school yeah. did not stand by this article because oh, and it's weird because most of the article is just giving other like pre-law students advice on career and making piece. like networking connections and asking her questions like about stuff like that not about the case this alumni office is like we have someone who's kind of well known like yeah she'll be able to comment this no just kidding we made a mistake and also even if they personally disagree with uh or, or they have suspicions of depp or don't think that he should have won that really has nothing to do with the fact that obviously working on his team and being the youngest person on his team is a huge accomplishment. Are they saying that lawyers should only pick clients that right. they know are innocent? That well, would be insane. Are, that also, would, that people that, <laughs> that you would lo- turn over the entire legal system. Right, and it's not like people that you don't like are therefore entitled to less competent uh, yeah. counsel. Like this is, it's a very weird stance I think to take. Probably some young undergrad students uh, got together and were like. We're going to send strongly worded emails no, they about s- this. They said it was uh, graduate students and professors. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. You don't yeah, think yeah. you don't think undergrad students had anything no, to do No, I with think it? it's complete academia who's been entrenched there mm-hmm. who are like this is the wrong stance to take as we know I academia is a predominantly liberal sphere. Academics who wildly overestimate the relevance of a school newspaper. <laughs> so, so I'm going to read this this statement from them. It says, uh, "It says, so it says the the City University of New York recently deleted an article on its website that boasted of a recent graduate who served uh, uh, on actor Johnny Depp's legal team, citing strong negative emotions by some readers." The school further apologized, running the newsletter article in the first for running the newsletter article in the first place. It says, "Quote: We appreciate everyone who shared their concerns about an article in our newsletter featuring a recent CUNY graduate." who worked on Johnny Depp's legal team, the school wrote on its website. We understand the strong negative emotions this article elicited and apologize for publishing the item. We have removed it from the CUNY verse uh, blog. blog. The article was not meant to convey support for Johnny Depp uh, implicitly or otherwise, or to call into question any allegations that were made by Heard. Domestic violence is a serious issue in our society, and we regret any pain this article may have caused. It was a fluff piece that basically said this lawyer is a, is a new age girl boss who is, you know, it, it, she, great. Like, the this, thing like, is, yeah. if they had had an alum who was a uh, cr- criminal defense attorney working for the state, right? Yeah. 
then it would be fine because yeah. that's an okay position for take like why wouldn't she want i mean if this girl was working on johnny depp's legal team she's probably working at a pretty elite expensive law firm like that's pretty cool she's obviously now able to pay off whatever loan she had to take to go to your stupid college in the first place the, i think this is a win for her even if you don't like her client the, the first paragraph is it says her advice her, her advice for getting into law school and then it goes down in her background that her parents were bo both lawyers in the Dominican Republic. They came over here. Mm -hmm. So she's the, the daughter of, of two immigrants who has clearly uh, risen up. She went to, she literally went to CUNY. She said, cause it was affordable. She was not, you know, uh, she did not have a silver spoon in her mouth. This girl worked very hard to get where she was and the school just caves folds like a cheap accordion <laughs> because a bunch of lame people were like, Oh my God. Uh, your weird art, your, your bland article supporting uh, this girl who worked very hard to get where she was uh, offends me because she dared to defend someone who had a right to his day in court. Yeah, and Johnny Depp really was uh, nothing but a footnote in the story that they wrote. And I feel like even the mention of his name to some people now is like a trigger word. Yeah. Which is insane because I, I guess to them it denotes like domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, so just the mere, they're, they're saying by making an article where he's, where they're saying this lady did a good job doing her job, which it's literally the point of her, her uh, place on that team was to help him with his case. One which any of their pre-law students would probably kill to have. Yes. Uh, but because uh, the job she was chosen for is not, is part of the less socially acceptable yeah. uh, social mores right now. Well, but that's also, a problem. also, like, what? Oh, I was just going to say, like, let's remember that, like, Johnny Depp was not on trial for direct violence. He was on trial for defamation, as was Amber yeah. Heard. Both were found guilty on, I mean, Amber Heard was predominantly found So they're found talking guilty. tangentially. Just the fact like, that mere allegations were involved in any aspect of it was the problem. Mm -hmm. It just seems like. I mean, what if the story had been about someone on Amber Heard's legal team from their college? Then it would have would been that have been allowed okay, to go through I think. because it's like, oh, it I, still mentions the subject. Uh, yeah, but she indirectly. is the um, her allegations of domestic violence were more important to meet the media in some ways. Like people yeah. who supported Amber Heard were like, you can't support Johnny Depp because of the things she said. I think in this case, like. This is a weird stance to take. Also, like, this is a fundraising email. I don't know if you yeah. guys can tell that. Like, they're saying this to send to, not to their pre-law students, but to send to their donors to be like, look, people who come to our school are successful. Continue to give us money. Yeah. They, she said in particular that the school is affordable. And you know how you can keep it affordable for future stars like this girl? To donate to us. Like, I just think mm -hmm. in some ways, too, this is a weird way to backtrack on something. Like, any, anyways, this is always a very transparent grab for donations for the school and on top of that you have now kind of walked back and insulted someone who volunteered their time to to interview to do an interview with you to talk about her experience i wonder what she would have to say now in the aftermath and brett i thought it was interesting you mentioned um earlier before we were on the show that this this student is likely their their former student is likely completely you know on the same page as far as all of these social issues and what she, they think is okay or not okay to say and but they don't believe follows. in due process she she has all the right allegiances yep. maybe because i when i was reading the original um the archived article 
she was talking about how she she fights for more Hispanic representation uh, in law, yep. and uh, she wants to assist underrepresented students of color who are pursuing that career path. Uh, she likely would have like no problem at all with any of their preferred social mores. And likely would have been just as happy to defend Amber Heard if that right. would have been the case given to her. Totally. But and that's what you're supposed to do as a lawyer is not is to be dispassionate and purely look for the facts that make your best defense. It's funny too because like there's like this uh image of like what lawyers are is this like truly dispassionate profession, right? Where it's not my job to like my client, it's my job to defend my client. And there's something comforting about that in a way. I, I don't right. know if that makes sense to you. Like, there's something comforting about the idea that uh, even in your worst moment, uh, for people who've been wrongly accused of things, where the world seems to be telling you that you're wrong, no matter what evidence has been presented, that there is a, a, a system by which we employ here in this country where there's somebody who, for because it's beneficial to their career, will take you on and defend you to the best of their abilities because that's how uh, the founding principles of law here were built, right? I want to talk about what this uh, professor wrote in here. So he says, this is from Casey Johnson, who is a Brooklyn College professor. He says, uh, from, last, uh, from last night, a CUNY publicity item celebrated a recent grad, a daughter of two Dominican immigrants who had worked on the Depp, on Depp's legal team uh, high pro, on the high-profile win that they, that they accomplished after complaints from some CUNY professor, professors and graduate students, CUNY deleted the post. And then he says, not a good look for CUNY to put it mildly. The Memory Hold article celebrated the legal acumen of a 2015 Hunter grad, the daughter of two immigrants from the Dominican Republic who had worked in the Depp case. Uh, one line of the institution's groveling apology could even be read as casting doubt on the jury's verdict uh, in, the, in the civil case. CUNY's message to talented young grads who go into law seems to be, we'll celebrate you only if we institutionally approve of your client. That is a huge problem. But that's true all the time. Like, we're hearing about this uh, lawmaker, but, like, my favorite example of this is I was in a sorority in college. I was a Delta Gamma, and uh, they'll put out newsletters that are like, here are famous alumni, right? Ann Coulter, the popular right-wing commentator, is a Delta Gamma alumni. They will not acknowledge her. It's not a secret. They don't want her associated with their brand. And so I think in some ways, like, we already know this is this is happening a lot of colleges won't celebrate like they're not going to celebrate any alumni that worked on the trump administration i'm sure they are not highlighting them in their alumni newsletters right it's just more interesting because this person seems to come and i hate to say this from a background that they would typically lift up it's because she mm -hmm. did what she was asked to do as a professional which was prevent present a good defense for her client who by the way won his case because they don't like her client she's not allowed to be celebrated like it's unusual to us because typically this person is from a narrative that they approve of but it actually happens all the time this happens constantly yeah in the interviews uh Yerlin, uh discussed the lack of uh latin representation in the legal field she said latinx but i'm gonna let that i'm not let it slide <laughs> Uh, in, in the legal field with only 5% of lawyers being Hispanic in the United States, with, which further motivates her drive for success. She has worked with programs like Latino Justice and Metro LALSA 
to assist uh, LSA, yeah, to assist underrepresented students of color who are pursuing law. So she's doing everything right, but you make the the, the rules of intersectionality are a bumpy. Uh, it's a bumpy road, and you are always just still one, being negotiated all the time. You're always one decision away on a on a vast <laughs> tree of decisions from the branch snapping and falling to your uh, social demise. Apparently. Yeah, so. and someone said in the chat, newsflash, if you work for a law firm, you will not like all of your clients. Yeah, and that's, like I said, I find something... Com- what like, should she have something- said? Like, no, I can't work on Anne on Johnny Depp's trial, even though this would be a huge thing for my career, because my undergraduate school may be upset with me. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Well, they just hopefully- act like the real world, the adult world is, uh, like, a kindergarten story yeah. circle that we're all sitting on the carpet and we all have to share and like each other maybe the like the the best she can hope for is like at least i made a good ton of money to pay off my student loans like you know like uh, if she's smart she doesn't <laughs> care that, that that the stupid college is doing this and uh maybe she goes on and she says uh, at the next client uh you know that maybe she gets to represent amber heard in the in the uh in the appeal when amber See, heard what appeals. i would think is like they wrote they called her they're like hey it's so interesting that you work on this case can we interview you they do this huge interview tour which again like i said she's a busy lady lawyer she took time out of her day to do supplied them with photos then they push it out get backlash take it down they probably did not apologize to her but then come december they're going to ask her for a donation to the school they mm-hmm. know what money uh, what mm-hmm. kind of tax bracket she's in they're going to ask her to conti- contribute and if the interview had focused on the trial and her explaining you know why she's so happy about their victory and there's nothing and in talking the about johnny depp the whole time i would understand why you might not want to include that in the in the article but it was really about her personal story so taking it down just says uh we want to take you down as a human being the only mentions of depp are really that first paragraph yeah after that there's almost saying like, you know what she should do the next time they come to her for a donation she should push them uh she should send the me- she should forward that message to johnny depp uh <laughs> Because Johnny Depp was just re-signed with Dior. I forgot about He was. This. Yes. Well, Se- didn't you know? I thought we, we uh, played the, the commercial. commercial. I think that's his... an old commercial. Who stood by him? There was oh, one... they did a new one? Uh, there was one brand that never backed down and they always I thought kept it was, him in the I face. thought it was Dior. Isn't it Dior? Did, I thought it was. He signed a new deal, though. So they're like, we're renewing your contract. They're like, because... this is excellent timing. We are glad you have been vindicated. We are back. We, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So if I were him, I wouldn't take it, though. But he, they stood by him the whole time. No, I think this is not. the company that stood by him. Dior? Was no, it? no. They stopped running the commercial. Who was the. No, who? there's one fashion house that stood by him. It wasn't Dior, though. Let's find out. I, I'm just saying, if I were him, I wouldn't have renewed a deal with Dior after they they snubbed him like that. I mean, if 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 Dior didn't snub did snub him, I agree with you. But if they're the ones that stood by him, they stopped. Yeah. yeah, they had this deal with him, and they stopped running the advertisements for it as soon as the rumors of allegations against him from Amber came out. Are yeah. you sure? There's definitely like one in that 2015 or something. I thought there was a company that at least it's didn't mentioned fire in the him. article. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. The, it's Dior that stood by him. They continue to have him as the brand But they stopped running the ad. I just, I don't... Did they keep him on the promotional If stuff he kept getting paid, I say... This is getting pretty nuanced, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, mm, yeah. So he just signed his new seven-figure deal. It's not a Disney deal, but we'll go with it what you will. Uh, he can make the <laughs> donation to her law school in her name. She didn't go to... Uh, SUNY for law school she went to Florida. I'm sorry her, so undergra- should, only her got, undergraduate but that's the thing maybe he should contribute to her law school since law school apparently did not disparage him and then 
is also the reason that she could represent him in court. Yes. All right. Let's do some super chats. Deerhead Ranch said, of course. Oh, wait. There's one above. Uh, bad app. I'm not reading that. <laughs> Definitely not reading that one. Uh, Deerhead Ranch said, of course, you women don't respect Tyson, even though you're red pill women. SMH. I, I pulled up. I don't his, understand um, why we have to respect Tyson. We're not red pill women. I don't know what that means, I'm but gonna, please leave me alone, sir. I, I'm going to read that. <laughs> also, like, damn, sorry, bro. I didn't realize he was your cultural icon. Tyson, Does Tyson like, know you? Yeah. I'm going to read this. Are you guys, like, Do you friends? guys, like, hang out? Tyson was arrested. <laughs> chat, in, let us know. <laughs> I, wonder, I, I just pulled up the, the information on Wikipedia, but it says Tyson was arrested. Arrested in July of 91 for the R word of 18 year old Desiree Washington, Miss Black, Rhode Island, in an India in an Indianapolis hotel room. Tyson's R word trial at the Marion County Superior Court lasted from January 26th to February 10th, 1992. Partial corroboration of Washington's story came via testimony from Tyson's chauffeur, who confirmed Desiree Washington's state of shock after the incident. Further testimony came from the emergency room physician, who examined Washington more than 24 hours after the incident and confirmed that Washington's physical condition was consistent with the R-word. Tyson was convicted of the R-word charge on February 10th, uh, and the jury deliberated for nearly 10 hours. Alan Dershowitz, acting as Tyson's counsel, filed an appeal urging an error of law in the court's ex uh, exclusion of evidence of the victim's past sexual conduct, known as the R-Shield Law, the exclusion of three potential defense witnesses and the lack of jury instruction on honest and reasonable mistake of fact. The jury, uh, the Indiana Court of Appeals ruled against Tyson in a two to one vote. The Indiana Supreme Court let the lower court opinion stand uh, due to a two to two split on its review. The tie vote was due to the fact that Chief Justice of the Indiana Supreme Court recused himself from the case. The Chief Justice later revealed that he did so because he had a heated argument between his wife and Dershowitz at law school at a law school reunion concerning the case uh, on <laughs> March 26th of 92. Tyson was sentenced to six years in prison along with four years of probation. He was assigned to the Indiana Youth Center. So um, Somebody super chat in and let me know Dershowitz. what specifically we're not supposed to object to. Because again, I feel like I've given a pretty nuanced stance. I don't even see how it's disrespectful. I don't understand how it's disrespectful. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like again, if it was a me Do you think he's innocent? If so, he explain why. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Like, man. Do you think he was wrongly convicted? Also, like, he is an athlete who had his peak when I was not alive. Yeah. Like, I don't think also, that I literally owe him who a ton cares? Of respect. Who cares? I just it was just interesting because I had no. I have Brett's like, no oh, okay. like honestly, I don't care if Mike Tyson is a good or bad person. I don't care. Yeah, I've literally never <laughs> thought about him this much in my life. I do have to say that. RJ IRL said for Brett, truly magnanimous twenty. Yeah, that's what they call me. Are you rolling Ooh. 20s? I'm, I'm Mr. Magnus. No, don't bring that Timcast stuff here. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. No, no. Rolling 20s is an IRL thing, in my opinion. Pop Keep culture has different things. Well, they, uh, I, I posted a screenshot the other day because they were, they were trashing the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, Tim, yeah, they were. Tim was valiantly defending it. Uh, I just have to say, the moment Fast and the Furious came up and they referenced somebody, I was like, I know about <laughs> this. ready to go Pop off. culture has educated me about the, this. There was comments in the, in the chat that said, am I watching pop culture crisis and I screenshotted them. My voice <laughs> hit a certain <laughs> shrill level that I only reserve for this room. It, it was bad. <laughs> it but was I great. stand by my, my thing. And people then message me and they were like, yeah, 10 is too many. I, I like, mean, I you got, at least you're wrong with conviction. That's, that's, that's good. <laughs> Nathan Koss said, wasn't there some lawyer group thing that wrote a big piece about how some people shouldn't get a legal, legal defense? 
scary world we live in now. I think Tim might have covered that. Like, that's terrifying. There are all kinds of crazy things out there. Which people? Uh, Our word, uh, people accuse, you should just listen and believe all women. Yeah. So, if, so if, like, if, if they're <laughs> accused like, of something, cool. Uh, unless you're Ezra Miller, apparently. How about witchcraft? Yeah. Can that be one of them? No, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You just. I mean, if we're if we're just throwing out the baby with the bathwater, <laughs> might as well. Caper Two X said, "Some more money for HC to law school fund." Hey, I have an idea. Hannah Claire and She Hulk attorneys at law. Thank you. This is so exciting. I will let you guys know that my dad has only ever told me not to do one thing in my life, and that's go to law school. So if he's listening, <laughs> which I know he's not, he's horrified. But I appreciate the support nonetheless. <laughs> Bad app, I'm not reading that, said Target acquired engage money guns. <laughs> this is wild. I always love when this is happening. Um, bad app said Dior is trash, just V-A-B-B? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but an interesting fashion opinion. So. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan Harris said she should donate to the law school as <laughs> Johnny's lawyer. <sighs> Or just don't donate to higher education. That's that's actually my stance on this, but... Waffle Sensei said, Mary isn't red-pilled. She was born outside the Matrix. She was always based. Is that true? Yeah. Are you the most based of everyone in your I was family? never suspended in a strange jelly substance. We're, no jelly for Mary. No, nothing <laughs> jacked into no, the no. back of your neck? Uh, are you the don't most like based it. in your family? Mm, um, maybe... My, I, I think maybe my brother would have a problem with me saying that. Ah. Say it. Say it and make him super chat in. Yeah. <laughs> Rega Tan uh, said, uh. Well, thank you. Cool. Um, <laughs> with 20,000 of IDR. Is that Dominic, I think Dominican? I Indonesian. Republic? Indonesian? I oh, okay. Uh, I believe I could be wrong. Well, thank you. Thank you. Deerhead Ranch said, Tyson is a <laughs> damn hero and you know it. Look, he knocked Maybe out he's your hero. He knocked out Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 15, and that's. <laughs> I'm that? just imagining this ago? guy with like life-size cutouts of Mike Tyson all over his house and <laughs> I hope posters he's in his down room the wall. Mike Tyson T-shirt on. Like, he's, he's wearing all the merch, and he's like, "Hold on a second, my favorite podcast just disrespected <laughs> How my hero." Dare you? Well, they subscribe harder just to argue with us. <laughs> well, that's when they that's when they let you know that they're unsubscribing. Well, let us know. Let us, super chat okay. in. Let us know. <laughs> um, I prefer Jonathan. if you stayed here and, and listened to opinions that you disagree with once in a while. A good, uh, a good cop, bad cop thing going on. Don't yes. worry about it. Jonathan Harris said, Ew. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to read that. Um, I'm so sorry. I, I can't. I don't even want to subject the viewers to hearing that. Guys, you guys need to get off the internet. This <laughs> is like very upsetting. If you know that, like you've just been on the internet too much. Too much. Sorry. All right. Speaking of too much of something, we're going to talk about Ezra Miller because there's never, so, there's no such thing as too much Ezra Miller. Uh, we are in it's, Podluck. Wait, I, wait, I'm going to have to counter you on that scenario. You think there's no Bad such up, thing I'm not reading that. <laughs> okay. You think there's no such thing as too much Miller? Does, hasn't Hawaii been through enough? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I take my need, uh, my love of, of talking about Ezra Miller's uh, insanity uh, over the health and safety of the women of Hawaii. <laughs> well, Hawaii has been through enough, and now he's decided to take his reign to of Vermont. terror to Vermont. <laughs> also, and global. <laughs> Vermont doesn't need this either. No. Like, he's only picking smaller. I mean, I guess Hawaii is pretty big, but like. Didn't they have Kevorkian? Is Iceland an easy from, target? Was Kevorkian from Vermont? I don't remember. 
I don't remember either. Oh, so it says know. Ezra Miller charged with felony burglary for allegedly stealing alcohol. Also, doesn't he make a lot of money? Can't he just he's over Buy 21. Buy were, but alcohol? it's the thrill of breaking into a home to steal liquor that he wanted, not the liquor itself. Are you being serious? Is that what he said? No. Okay. <laughs> but I have to guess. That, I can't tell anymore. The only reason he wouldn't buy it for himself is that, is that he just is in a psychotic episode yeah. and gets the thrill out of invading somebody's home. Or it was late and there was no liquor stores open and he had none at home. It was an emergency. If, he, if, he's a, if he's a severe alcoholic, that's not an unreasonable thing to actually have happen. I, I don't know if it's, it's that bad for him. It says the Flash star Ezra Miller has been charged with felony burglary in Vermont. At least it's not Hawaii. Uh, the news comes four days after Warner Brothers touted next year's blockbuster uh, uh, despite the actor's ongoing troubling behavior. That is, that is very true. He's got very, troubling. very troubling, very troubling behavior. Um, maybe he's having like... Uh, it's nothing to sneeze at. It is not. So, uh, so like, see, if he actually had flash powers, he would have gotten in and out of the house and nobody would have known, but he doesn't have flash powers. It would have been so. just a gust of wind and then your liquor cabinets are empty. The, the ring, those ring cameras will get you when you can't run uh, with the speed force. <laughs> So it says, according to the Vermont State Police, the alleged incident happened at a residence in Stamford on May 1st. So a while ago now. Uh, the initial findings indicated that several bottles of alcohol were taken from within the residence while homeowners were not present. See, here's the other thing. If this happened on May 1st, Warner Brothers already knows about mm -hmm. this. This is not news to them. While they're saying in public statements... Before we find out, he's in therapy. He's in recovery. Give him some time. Everything's okay. The initial. Do we believe that Ezra Miller would elect to go to any kind of conventional therapy? He's like, let no. me pick my own therapist myself. Uh, as a result of the inv the investigation that included surveillance videos and statements, probable cause was found to charge Ezra Miller with the offense of felony burglary in an unoccupied dwelling. Well, he's going to have fantastic lawyers that are going to get him well, free and clear of this. I am sure. Police located Miller uh, at 1223 on Sunday. A citation to appear in court was issued, and the 29-year-old actor will be arraigned on September 26th. Uh, Miller owns a 96-acre farm in Stamford, uh, Vermont. A Rolling Stone expose claimed the property is filled with weed and guns just lying around. And babies. And babies. We, we know all that. So he was not just arrested for this. He was arrested for the disorderly conduct. That's when we got the... They have to do the obligatory rehashing of everything else he's been doing. So... I want to know, what kind of alcohol does Ezra Miller steal? Oh, I don't know. I what feel like think? he drinks brandy. <laughs> Why? I, I, have no I feel idea. like it's going to be vibe. all over the place. Like, it's going to be like a scotch. It's going to be like one of those alcohols. Like, what is it? I don't Blue think he's looking when he's taking like it. it. He's just taking it. And like peach schnapps. Like, it's like all <laughs> over the place. He's got like, he stole like some Trulies, a scotch, and like something else random. It was so dark, no though. He, d he did it at night, so, you know, he wasn't looking. He was just taking the bottles and running. It's very, 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 very scary. Uh, I think it's a klepto thing it, more than an alcoholic thing. It's like, I, I like, well, <laughs> I, I imagine that, like, I, I, the first thing I thought was that it had to do with his, uh, like, maybe he just had a drinking habit and he just needed liquor, but maybe that's a bit ridiculous. No, I feel like he thinks if, he is, like, uh, a god in his own universe, and so he can go into people's house and, like, mm -hmm. do weird stuff and, like, 
you'll ultimately end up thanking him for like it. Like he acts like this world is a simulation. Yeah. So uh, maybe he left like like the, like he had those posts on his like, Instagram story that said I'm in another dimension. Maybe he, like slapped notes on the liquor cabinet said this has been stolen and taken to another dimension. Like I said, like <laughs> like if you're right, like he's an alcoholic and he really needed a fix. He's old enough to buy alcohol and he has the cash to do so. Like he doesn't actually need to break in someone's house. He'd go to any liquor store or bar. But what if he also closed? has cult followers that can run his errands for yeah, him. See, but ma- not all of them are over 21. I think. But so he's got but, a 25 year old mom there. On but his farm. Man- Manson like. Had cult followers that did awful stuff. He could like, he could have just had his followers break into the house to exactly. steal the liquor, and then they get in trouble mm-hmm. uh, when it all goes wrong. So so it just feels like a like for a, for a cult leader, he's not doing very culty behavior. In that I, I just don't see where this ends because anywhere but badly. For a lot of celebrities, they end up in recovery because of involuntary measures that are taken because they start hurting themselves. Yeah. He's only hurting other people and endangering other people. But is not facing justice for it, so because I just I don't realistically up. see what what will happen here. It all it only ends badly. I mean, he's supposed to appear in court. That's like what they're asking him yep. to do. So, like theoretically, if he, he doesn't do appear that? in court, he could get cited. This kind of citation, he probably I don't think it's jail time. I don't know if it's said he might get a fine. Like he's not committing any openly committing any major major crimes like this is the weird thing about his case like if he literally kidnapped someone then there would be and tra- transferred them but across she's eight, state line. but the girl was but 18, she's 18. Yeah. but and the like, children that are in his custody right now technically they're in the mom's custody and the mom is there so it's not like he uh, took the kids like he, he's literally sign. actually finding every way to stay just outside of which like, like to me that is an indicator that something we all know something weirder is going on we just don't know what it is and like Again, skating with all these very like strange churches. Like, why we're only seeing the surface house? level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, I almost felt like like when I was coming downstairs last night, uh, Ian was downstairs, uh, like getting ready this for a great segue already. And he goes, he goes, Ezra Miller back in the new because he's like he he always gets an Ezra Miller segment whenever Does he's on he the really? show. He's like broke into someone's yeah. house. You guys cover it today. I'm like, must have come out after the show today. Yeah. He's like, gotta cover it tomorrow. I'm like. Tick uh, a box off the, <laughs> the uh, however many days it's been since the last Ezra Miller incident. And it's zero. Back I thought zero. about like, now here, here's, here's something interesting to think about. So okay. I was thinking of funny things to do. And I was like, maybe it would be f- like, th- now this shows you how ghoulish our society is, or maybe how ghoulish my thought process is. Because, because he hasn't been convicted of anything super heinous, but the allegation, like, I, I don't, do, my, my mind doesn't anymore go to like the immediately awful allegations. It goes to the ridiculous nature of all of it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe we frame a picture of Ezra Miller and put it up behind us, like a headshot, uh, and put it in, in, in a frame. And then I realized, like, this dude is doing awful stuff. I can't do that. But yeah. it, it, but it shows you that it's become so comical and over the top that my instinct is to make a joke of it. Mm-hmm. But it's not really funny. It's awful. Yeah, it's going to be like I think I've said this before on the show, but it's like we're watching something awful happen. And eventually this will be one of those things where we're like, do you remember that Ezra Miller stuff? And then we get the Netflix docu docuseries that's like, here's all of the the Does interviews it? and the court proceedings overlaid with some fancy music and some illustration mm-hmm. but like we're watching it happen live and we're still like but when is it ending when does it hit its crescendo where like this whole very strange hurricane he's developed around himself finally hits land and there's devastation i mean like i'm sure there are are people suffering in his wake but like i feel like we haven't quite gotten to that 
really terrible moment yet. You know what I'm saying? Casting ideas for Ezra Miller? I say Elliot Page. Uh, in the in the biopic, in the biopic, the contemporary yeah. biopic Get for Elliot, Elliot Page. Elliot Page to play Except Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is really tall, right? I know someone else was saying Pete him. Davidson for Elliot Page, though. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. I would be not against that. <laughs> I'm telling you, Elliot Page to play Ezra Miller. Uh, well, in the biopic. They, they you can can't get better than Dalai Lama. For oh yeah. I mean, Excuse yeah. Me? <laughs> I, co- I completely forgot. Yes, we have we have more to do. Uh, this is uh, to do with Ezra Miller as well. It says Toronto Film Festival Film Fest closer is uh, Mary Heron's Dolly Land with Ben Kingsley. But where is Ezra Miller? He is playing young Dolly Lama. He is not. Yep. When did they film this? <laughs> it was apparently in between him finishing Fantastic Beats and Beasts and starting the Fanta- Flash. Fantastic but Beats is the stuff he does off camera. That's, totally different. That's his DJ name. Um, so yeah. it was only like three days of filming. He couldn't have been that big of a part of the movie, right? Uh, it says, it's been public knowledge that Miller is in the film. The Flash star this week was charged with felony burglary in Vermont in addition to several other run-ins with the law. Uh, Deadline learned that this morning that Miller has not been cut out of Dollyland. The, in 2021 Cannes Market interview with, uh, with Deadline, Heron told us, we started looking at Dolly in the, in the 1970s, the older Dolly with flashbacks to the younger Dolly, which are rendered like an old movie. The format really excited me. Ezra has like three days between finishing Fantastic Beasts and The Flash uh, and insisted on coming and doing our film. He was probably running from someone and escaping a jurisdiction. He's like, let me come out there. But really, it's because he was running away from a cop in, in Hawaii. I feel like <laughs> the key that Ezra Miller insisted on doing anything, that's always a bad sign. Yep. Like, if Ezra Miller insists on There's something, always a, some nefarious brace purpose, yourselves. purpose under the surface. So, uh, I mean, who does he play next? Deep Puck Chopper, maybe. No, he stops playing people. Like, no. let's just let this one go. We, let let him play nothing but, like, world leader, like, famous, like, people of society that have actually done. Can he play Mother Teresa? <laughs> no. No. When no, are they going to no. put him out to pasture? That's no. what I want. I, I I think we should lean into it and just hire him to play people that are ultimately really really great people for you, the lols. No, I'm against hiring <laughs> active cult leaders and suspected <laughs> child uh like groomers. Dude, you're going to take could out play... like half of Hollywood. No, I'm okay him... with that, but you leave you me. Grab Marvel's aging technology and he can play Fauci. No. Oh my god. Also, he's too tall to play Fauci. Not Italian know... enough. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of who, who does society love these days that they can have him play. Who does society love these days? The, I mean, he could play Zelensky. Joe Biden. He could play Zelensky. No. He could play himself in 2016. Yes, that would, that would be great. He could play Amber Heard when they do the Amber oh, Heard Johnny mm-hmm. Depp documentary. <laughs> Maybe I he just all moved to like voice acting after this. He could do that. He, he could absolutely do that. No so, face or, or goes back to music. Goes back to music. Yeah, his sons his of an illustrious, illustrious father. <laughs> career so uh, <laughs> uh i do want to cover renee zellweger just a just a skosh here uh renee zellweger renee zellweger addresses criticism for wearing a fat suit in new true crime series again more new true crime for for women being show like what well, is it was this is this this story is, but the story of pamela hupp is crazy can you tell us give us a breakdown okay so pamela hupp was this like middle-aged lady she had like a husband and some kids and she um Ends up murdering a... Okay, what's the story? I haven't heard it in a long time. She's She gets convicted of murdering a men- mentally disabled man because she basically decides that she needs to murder someone. And I remember what? part of the story is that she drives around in a car being like, I'm a casting agent. Come with me. You can like... 
I'm going to help you be famous and I'll bring you back. Don't tell anyone you're coming. And what do you mean? She just decided that she needed Thank to you. murder somebody. She's just crazy. Whoa. I have to often send you the podcast that I listened to about it. She is a very, very strange woman. So, so basically the idea here is she's a, she's a, a bit overweight. The, the, the character, the, the actual real life person, uh, and they, they hired Renee Zellweger to play her. And she, uh, basically they say, <laughs> the show has coped with criticism for not casting a plus-size woman, instead using prosthetics to enhance Zellweger's appearance. This is my problem with society right now. Hollywood is all about representation on their terms. Well, the thing that bothered me about this is she's been very willing to gain weight for roles. Mm -hmm. For Bridget Jones's Diary, I believe she, she had to gain a lot of weight for that character because it's part of the book that uh, she struggled with her weight and tracked her weight in like throughout the chapters um so it's not like she's unwilling to change her real appearance mm -hmm. but i think if everyone else had to deal with changing their appearance to that degree for their jobs they might want some way to to mitigate that risk mm -hmm. i I, I wonder if some of the resistance to actually putting on the weight this time is she was younger when she did Bridget Jones' Diary. And it's also easier to it's just easier go up and down. It's easier to go up and down when your metabolism is higher. You know, she's 50 now. Like, she's postmenopausal probably. Mm -hmm. Like, if she puts on the weight now, it may not ever significantly come off. It's like those videos it's of... like, no, you have to be really, really fat, though. It's like those videos of Christian Bale and, like, what is like, The Machinist or whatever, where he got, like, tiny. He weighed, like, under... Uh, like a like a hundred pounds, yeah. and then got up to like two thirty for the bat or to play Batman. Uh, well, I think Joaquin Phoenix also lost yeah. a ton of weight for his role in the, in in jo the Joker. And, yeah, and uh, and now he's playing in something now where he's like a bit big. Uh, I think maybe male actors have more leeway to do that. Yeah. Because it, it affects casting decisions less. Yep. So it says, while speaking to entertainment, uh, another example of that is like when they kept doing the reshoots for Ben Affleck as Batman, you could clearly see that he was losing the muscle mass, putting the muscle mass back on, losing the muscle mass, uh, getting like he was going through a divorce, drinking a lot, and it, was, it would show in his face. So it says, while speaking to Entertainment Tonight, uh, Zellweger previously said, I think especially in the case of telling this story, it was really important to, uh, to as closely resemble Pam Hupp as we possibly could because she seems so familiar. She seems like someone that we, we recognize and we know. And they've done a very good job. She looks like a lady next door. Mm -hmm. Uh, in these in these clips, Zellweger shared that uh, to get her to un her unrecognizable transformation, she had to undergo many hours in the makeup chair while surviving the heat and humidity of New Orleans. She added, uh, uh, "How do you pronounce that name? Uh, Arian? Orion? No, I'm not sure. No. Uh, Arian doesn't seem right. <laughs> uh, who who builds these things and applies them every day? He creates them by hand and paints them down to the last freckle." His precision, his precision is remarkable. It's part of the adventure. Watching this happen every day is pretty cool. And then basically we go down here. It says social media or social commentator Sarah Alexander panned the actor, telling Metro for Zellweger to masquerade, masquerade as a plus-size person is damaging, fatphobic, and potentially triggering to other plus-size models. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Maybe. The thing is, to that this, I answer. People are just so resistant to admit that your weight is a mutable mm -hmm. characteristic of your appearance that you can change at will. This isn't most people, unless health issues are involved, most people can change their weight at will. This isn't the race of a person. Yeah, this isn't, like this yeah. isn't something that you just 
uh, are born with. But this is what Hollywood gets for pushing the other agendas of, of, this of is representation. As, as this easy is easy their... to change as a hair color or a haircut. So, so uh, the, the, remember the same thing happened with Emma Thompson because she was playing the character in, I don't remember what it was. Matilda, uh, Matilda. Matilda Musical, which also seems unnecessary. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, like, I say this is, Hollywood gets what they deserve for pushing the, uh, all of these narratives that they push constantly. And then when something like this happens where it, clearly it could be changed, well, you don't get to have it both ways. So I, I welcome that they get panned and criticized because even though I disagree with what this activist is saying, Hollywood can take their can take their lickings as far as I'm concerned. They deserve it. Uh, uh, do, does it bother you that she's not, uh, that she didn't put the weight on? No. No? I don't care at no. all. Yeah, I, I mean, I, especially because she's shown willingness to do it for real in past roles. Also, I, di I disagree with the term where it says uh, there's always a limit to how much you can establish as an authentic approximation without being distracting. She doesn't need to, like, at a certain point, you need to cast the right person. Right? Well, and there's more to a person than their weight. Like, if yeah. she looks facially like Pam Hupp, and she's a talented actress, and she's probably going to be able to c pull off the character, I'd rather she be in a fat suit than cast someone who doesn't really look like her, but is the weight, but isn't as good as a performer, you I'm, know? Like, I'm, I'd rather prioritize certain things over others, and, you know, mm -hmm. again, maybe this is privilege, but it just doesn't seem like the hill worth dying on. I feel like you're saying this more to draw attention to an issue that you are already invested in talking about constantly so you can turn anything into a fat phobic you know gesture yeah. or comment sarah alexander continues she says it seems like she has not considered the effects that this will have on fat people and is unaware and or naive that she is adding to the stigma fat people already face on a daily basis i want to know how a thin person in a in, in this costume who's portraying a real life person actually does any of what she just said and how is stigma that Pam, what was her last Hup. name? Up, Hup. Uh, how is stigma that Pam Hup faced as a an overweight <laughs> woman relevant in any way to and her story? Unless that was why she decided to murder someone, but it's which not. I don't, as far as I know, it isn't. <laughs> and how just hiring someone that is actually overweight destigmatizing it because you hired them? Also, like, I don't. I hate to be like this, but maybe the stigma around being overweight you know depending on how it's presented is somewhat of your own doing like if you feel ashamed of being fat instead of blaming society maybe examine that internally right maybe this doesn't have to do with cultural narrative yeah. pressed against you maybe you just feel uncomfortable in your skin i can feel uh, all the sympathy in the world for for feeling that way but like when they make statements that don't actually it's the thing like where they they, they make broad claims and never actually like list any like actual facts or or reason why they're accurate they just s say it with enough certainty and it must be true uh i don't know how this stigmatize how her playing this character stigmatizes anything it doesn't so well if if you have a villainous character which she is i assume and she happens to be fat, then you're basically saying that all fat people are serial killers. But yeah. that's like saying... Well, I don't know. Pam, <laughs> but yeah. like Pam Hupp, who, decide, who was in control of her own weight, is the one who committed the crime, and we don't look at her and say, you're a bad representation of fat people. Like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. How dare also, you like, stigmatize we didn't just, serial killers? We didn't just write this movie. Like, this is based on something that's very real and pretty recent. I think this murder happened in like 2016 or man, something. Man, they just can't get over these biopics, man. And the <laughs> it's because we're running never out of ending. ideas. It's because we're running out of ideas. We can't come up creatively with anything on our own. Who do you think is the driving force behind the, uh, the kind of cultural fascination with female criminals? now do you think this is women that are watching these or men i think 
women are more interested in true crime in general, yeah. uh, especially there are a plethora of podcasts about true crime right now. Thank and like, you. Also channels on YouTube that incorporate it with like beauty videos. Yeah. Like you do your makeup. And it, tell I think women are, are interested in that type of storytelling. But also if it's specifically about female criminals, it sort of humanizes women in a way that fictional storytelling doesn't these days. Yeah. Uh, shows like the monstrous villainous things that women are capable of because they're human beings i'm going to direct you to oxygen's famous tv show snapped which is like <laughs> a woman was just living her life and then all of a sudden she snapped and committed a crime yeah <laughs> um benjamin owen is a comedian who, do, who uses it in his set and he would say like he would watch it with his wife and would be like tina is lonely like because her husband had to move to a new city for work and so she develops an online gambling addiction and then she falls into debt and takes a lover and then they end up murdering her husband because she just snapped she couldn't take it anymore and she'll he'll watch it with her, his wife and she i love the she'll excuse. turn to him and go that's what happens and i love he's excusing like, her actions by saying she just couldn't take it anymore yeah he says like in the show they're like she missed her mom she couldn't see her as much and his wife turns to him and goes that would happen that's what happens and he's like what she's like she missed her mom like they the so what if you if, if you if you murder your husband if you're if you're lonely and you miss your mom i mean i mean it's also like a lot most murders in this country uh like when women murder they're much more likely to pick poisoning if yep. you if you die by poisoning it's ultimately i mean it's close to like 90 percent committed wow. by a woman yeah. women commit crimes differently and i think that borderline of like violent crimes especially really fascinates us i said this on the show with Ira, when libby was on IRL the other night but like one of the things i think hollywood has a hard time with is when they cast women as in formerly male roles like they make them like like the batgirl movie and it's like suddenly we're having a female batman like they forget that women are functionally different than men well that's and my so they complaint. can't figure it out my biggest complaint is they never actually use them in a way that could be interesting strategically mm-hmm. uh maybe you have a hero who's like, like i said all you have to do with a female character is just give her a gun and, and like stop letting her fight hand to hand with dudes that are six feet taller than or her. if she does end up in a combat situation make it so the techniques she uses are evading yes. rather than attacking but they- like we want our superheroes to be in some ways like because they're ultimately defending our good they're the aggressor right they're throwing punches they're beating this person and like that's not how female combat sports works i mean if you look at like ufc fighting with men you are looking for that knockout punch the probability especially with higher weight classes that they hit someone so hard they literally black out is not the same with women it's much more uncommon to have knockouts in women's in fact most of it is groundwork they're keeping each other down they're pinning they're running out the clock it's just different and i think in some ways hollywood has just not put that together yet yep uh, female femme fatale. I mean, you don't really even see the femme fatale model anymore because that would be weirdly considered bad by Hollywood now. They don't want they want them to act like men. They don't want them to act like women, even in uh, roles that are negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love going back and watching old uh, spy or old um, law enforcement stuff with women. We that were just tr- talking about Alias and Covert Affairs. Two of the love. greatest shows of all time. I could talk. I, I think we, they were good. I, I, I love, I especially love Covert Affairs because of uh, how uh, human they turned that main character into now. And the idea that they would be able to do that in this day and age, uh, make her both vulnerable, but also like oddly strong in the ability to overcome a, a lot of adversity in an, in an entirely male dominated world of, uh, 
I guess, of espionage, whatever, uh, is done in an extremely human way and portrayed by Piper Perry. They would never be able to do that now. It would never be pulled off well. It would be done one-dimensionally. She would have to girl boss up all the time. She would never show any emotion. Uh, I mentioned the part where she has nev- she has a niece and a nephew. That's a huge part of her character. They yeah. would never allow that to happen now. So, uh, As an aside, and do we want to do womp, womp, womp? Of course we do. We have a fantastic womp, womp, womp today, ladies and gentlemen. Poor Pete Davidson. He is in therapy for trauma, trauma? Uh, due to Kanye West. <laughs> Tell me you guys practiced that off air. No, we didn't. No. That's just how we say trauma. That's just how we say trauma. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, so Pete Davidson has been in trauma therapy <laughs> due to Kanye West's online harassment. Says a, what, is a source familiar to Pete Davidson's therapy? His mom. <laughs> Pete Davidson is seeking help for online harassment he has received in the hands from the hands of Kanye West, Aww. a source close to the comedian. Tells Shouldn't it be people, from the keyboard of Kanye West? Yes, from the from the well, the probably the thumbs of Kanye West. Uh, beginning in April of this year, the Saturday Night Live alum. Oh, I just earlier I, we had a very great discussion Got about into alumna. an in-depth discussion of the grammar of alum, alumna, alumnus, alumni, and alum alumnae. It's gendered. I didn't know that. It's Latin. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so he's been <laughs> threatening him uh, and post numerous times on social media while Davidson was dating the rapper's ex-wife, Kim Kardashian. The attention uh, and negativity coming from Kanye West and his antics is a trigger for Pete, and he has had to seek out help. That is, is like, embarrassing. Team, you knew, we all kind of know who Kanye West is at this point. He's been the public eye for a long time. Like When you decided to date his ex-wife amid their divorce... Did you You're think kicking that a you, hornet's nest. Did you I'm, think this was going to be a calm, neutral thing? More charitable me wants to be like, look, I don't want anybody to be harassed. And, uh, I, you know, and if, if he felt bad, this guy okay, got get Kanye's kids but he, post, on his neck. he posted from like his basic, I mean, your ex-wife's yeah. bad. You lose all the sympathy, bruh. And that's just intentionally tearing apart a family that you just waltzed right into and like not to take all of the heat off of Kim for inviting that drama and then acting like you know she's the calm cool and collected and mature party exactly but yeah I mean there's (laughs) he has no room to be talking about he's like traumatized uh, by a meme, by I, a meme. Would Kanye's meme be more uh, terrifying than Kanye having to see him get his children's n- like names? That's way weirder. And Peter has no concept because he has no children. He has no concept of the gravity of something like that. He thinks that uh, he basically treated these children like pawns in mm. a game that was centered around boosting his own ego and making himself feel less insecure. Yep. So poor, poor, uh, poor Pete. Poor Pete. Boo-hoo. Not really, Boo-hoo. though, right? Boo-hoo. Very, I feel very bad for I Pete. I like when they're like, they split because wah, their wah. schedules are so busy. They're if they uh. were less busy, they would still be together, we promise. There was a great Babylon Bee meme the other day that says, Kim Kardashian breaks up with Pete Davidson after finally getting around to watching an episode of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> or just like looks at him clearly, puts her contacts in, and is like, mm, yeah, this, this, <laughs> yeah, this whole mind. time, like she finally got LASIK, and now she's just like, holy crap! Her team has been like swapping out her glasses. Oh, no. Like this, this no, he's been like, paying her team to give her like less of a prescription, so she's well, like, he's he's like 
paying the Kardashian set designers to have dim lighting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great skit to do. <laughs> that would be a great skit to do. All right, let's do some super chats. Bobcat said, forget Tyson. Tony Tulliners beat Chuck Norris twice. Well, that is actually something that should be celebrated because beating Chuck Norris even once is... Uh, Sorry, is, all I heard was Tony the Tiger. I don't know what name Tony you just said. Do you remember? I mean... Tulliners? Was Chuck Norris one of those first great real memes, like part yes. of meme culture? Yeah. Like he's up there, definitely. Like as a, a an originator of like uh, internet culture gone free and <laughs> allowed to run one wild. Of, like if you look back, he is like a marker in the and development. like Neon Cat, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. other such things. Oh, I miss it. Deerhead Ranch sent a dollar with no message. I think that's... I'll take that as a surrender <laughs> on the Mike Tyson issue. Nine Mechwork said Ezra in Vermont, so that is who took my mech for a joyride. Explains my missing beer too. I recommend you quite uh, possibly. Can can the the governor of Vermont issue a state of emergency? Please <laughs> investigate. He's there. You, you need to put in a ring door, like a camera next to your suit, uh, and definitely lock the beer up. Lock it up. <laughs> Hobbit said Ezra would drink thousand dollar whiskey in paper cups. No, I don't. I don't lecturing think so. you about appropriation. <laughs> I think he would drink it uh, in a. Is fancy that an glass. inside joke about Lauren Southern? Maybe. I think so. Uh, Badap said Ezra drinks <laughs> V A B B juice. Don't you remember when they pass. mentioned C-C the media pass. fam is? Oh, you, I'm not gonna read. You that wouldn't part. read the Vab comment earlier, but you read that one. Yeah. Well, no one knows what it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. Schrodinger's effery said <laughs> people live vicariously through their sports idols. Anything slightly negative is seen as a personal insult. It's just another example of mental illness. There's a, a Then you should be uh, mad at Mike Tyson for letting you down when he got convicted of Yeah, don't be mad at us for pointing it out. There's a couple like there's here's an example of of one that went the other way. Uh, my favorite athlete of all time is Ken Griffey Jr. Um, greatest swing in the history of baseball. Uh, and That's I found what out I was say. and I found out later <laughs> that say. he was actually uh, he survived uh, right before he turned pro in baseball. He actually uh, attempted suicide and came back from that and is now an advocate uh, for suicide awareness and stuff like that. So he turned his life around like uh, and got to play professionally with his dad mm-hmm. uh, in Major League Baseball. When I think they're the first father-son team to hit back-to-back home runs in a game. That's wild. Yeah. That is fun. That's sweet. Yep. Waffle Sensei said, I'm convinced that this endless news cycle on Ezra is actually the studio's marketing strategy. I'm actually excited to see how bad the movie is now. See, uh, Dane was saying that about Bat, about Bat Girls. Like, what if it's like a marketing? Like, I don't know if they, uh, if they're doing that. Like, I was kind of wondering if they're going to be yeah. a, like, fine, since you guys want to see it so badly, we'll show you. But I think it takes a lot for a studio to be like, we're pulling something because it's actually just awful. $200 million. Like, can you name another time a studio has been like, turns out this thing that we invested a ton of money in is just bad. So we're, we're not even going to release it and try and recoup any money. $200 million budget means what? $350 million after marketing. If they wanted that as a marketing strategy, wouldn't they try to send him on a press junket right now? They can't catch it's him. It's not going they, they that, can't find him. That means that he would they need be to, in specific locations and courts would know where to serve his subpoenas. What I'm they like, should do yeah. is they should set up the like the, the the reporters and like all of those interviews in an abandoned house with a liquor cabinet. And then just he he kind of just they shows up there. They lure him into they, the interview. They lure him and into he's like, the "Who interview. are you people?" <laughs> <laughs> they need to do that. And then he, he, he tries to get up and we're like, uh-uh. Or, or to be fair, they could just move all the interviews to Hawaii. Or Iceland. 
Yeah. Or Vermont, his to favorite a, To a karaoke bar in Hawaii. That's where all the A Hawaiian-themed karaoke bar in Vermont. That is he incredible. is there. <laughs> Jonathan Harris said, sorry for earlier. The only reason why Ezra hasn't been caught is because his real name is Barry Allen, and he's the fastest man alive. I Jonathan, mean, are you okay? Because earlier you got qu- quite upset, I think. That, uh, that, I mean, it could very well be because, his na- because he is, in fact, Barry Allen, and he's the fastest man alive. <laughs> Bobcat said Ezra can play Bill Clinton. They have a lot in common, I hear. <laughs> that would I actually see. Do they I both play the saxophone? Thing. No, but they're both a little weird. But they both play they both play instruments, and I guarantee you he probably gives to the Clinton Foundation. Someone said Mary's mad that she didn't put on 150 LBS for a role. What? What? I thought we were making. I literally said that it was fine for her to wear a fat suit. Also, Mary, what are you talking about? We were making the opposite. Mary could do that if she wanted to. She also said weight is is something that you have control over. Yeah, we were making the opposite point. Yeah, I don't know. I was just laughing at the the studios. The studios are getting what they deserve by uh, inviting these this type of activism into other realms of casting and then getting mad when it doesn't. I think people just. Really like Mary, and they don't know how to get her attention in a mature way. <laughs> Rega Tan said, "I'm not reading that." Perfect. Thank well, you. I read it though. Uh, F off said, "I was raised not to laugh at mentally ill people." Pete and Kanye make it really hard to follow that value. Aww. Lord, give me the strength. I love Kanye West so much. Like when when I showed Andy and Lydia the 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 Pete meme with the with the caption underneath the other day, he is a he is a national treasure and should be protected at all costs. Do you want him and Kim to get back together? I do. I do too. Yay. What is it about them? Dane hates the idea, but Stay he just doesn't believe kids. in love. I thought he was into in it for a while. I mean, I think the like dating Pete Davidson thing is like, I hope in a year she's like, yeah, that was embarrassing. Like that, that was terrible. She and definitely doesn't deserve a second chance, but they've both kind of they both? been immature and yes. volatile. So mm-hmm. maybe they can... You well, for, for Kanye, it's on brand. So. Yeah, maybe yeah, he can reconvene. And that doesn't give him dibs, right? It like, totally gives him dibs. <laughs> the thing about marriage, Brett, is that you're supposed to work together. I think also, like, being with Kim when their marriage was more peaceful was good for his Yeah, and he, like, upped her career in a lot of ways. I mean, she credits him for giving her the style that she has. I don't think she'd have the fashion brand There's that a, she does without him. a really funny picture of how different she dressed with Pete Davidson. It says, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Would like, Skims even exist without Yeezy influencing her fashion? But, yeah, people were saying, like, look how Kim dresses how she really wants to now that Kanye's out of her life. Meanwhile, Kanye's like, mm, you miss me, girl, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that also just implies that he was like controlling her which isn't true Joe, no i think that they were like sorry i'll, I'll let's go in a second but like sorry. i think in some ways they were real collaborators yeah. like they are both very unusual people and i'm probably not people that i would hang out with all the time yeah. <laughs> but in some ways they really did encourage and support each other and i think that's what's the hard thing about them splitting up is like even if their lifestyle is the antithesis of what you want in some ways it seemed like they were studying force for one another mm-hmm. absolutely and in, in the end how could she date pete davidson that was icky yeah it, was. It, it calls her it doesn't even look like they make sense together it's gross she never looked all that happy he looks like one of those kids mm-hmm. who like wrote to a celebrity was like please go to prom with me and she's like okay it's like that that guy that paparazzi picture where that guy is like desperately reaching out with a rose to megan fox and she's like she noticed him for a second <laughs> um joe Duraki, aka jay dizzle said 
way late to the party, but what Iron Mike is saying is that they worked a lot of racism into the story that he didn't really experience. Oh, wow. I did not take that I don't from think the he said that, all. though. Uh, well, I, I mean, now we'll have to watch now it. Now we have to it. watch it. Dang it. But, that, but what he's saying here, that that's on brand for Hollywood right now. They would absolutely do mm-hmm. that. Where they, they right. Hollywood will make it all about race, I, and Tyson will be but like... But he would have mentioned that. I don't think Where that's that what that he mentioned? said, yeah. but I would be curious if that was the case. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised at all. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Bad upset. I'm not R wording that. Fair enough. Okay, that's funny. Good to know. Um, what else we got? Bad up says. Uh, I'm not gonna read that. Or the last one. I don't and think I'm not gonna read that. Sorry. Okay, cool. Uh, the cool. La- thanks. <laughs> thanks for the money. Thank. Thank you, Bad app. Uh, we can't read that on air. Uh, <laughs> but thank you very much. Uh, Hannah Claire, thank you so much for coming today. Guys, thanks for having me. It's a ball, like out always. Of, out of all these stories, which one did you uh, find the most interesting? I'm curious. Um, I'm not sure. I, you know, for me, it's a personal victory that uh, Kim and Kanye have broken up Perfect. because I think that was what we needed to happen to sort of set things back on the right course. But then there's no Kim and Pete good stories. Yes, Kim and Pete. Kim and Kanye secretly getting reunited. Mark my words. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. You can find me on Gab at hannahclaireb. And you can find me on Twitter at hcpromo. I forget which ones I say on here. Um, and you can find me on timcast.com. Click on the read tab. I write five articles a day. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Uh, Mary, where can they find you and read that last super chat? Uh, Fof said Pete and Kanye are the two kids on the playground no one wanted on their team for any sport. It's like watching the Special Olympics. I would take Come Kanye. On. I'm on Kanye's take, side any day. I would take Kanye on any team at any time. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram or WeChat at Closer Kitty. And whenever I post articles on TimCast.com, I promote them there. The one that I posted today is about Demi Lovato throwing her ex, Wilmer Valderrama, under the bus over their age gap. Perfect. Guys, you can follow me on Instagram, at Brett Dasovic. For the show, please come here and join us live Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. If you would, however, rather listen rather than watch, you can do that. We're on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, anywhere lovely podcasts are sold. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter, at PopCulture underscore show, Facebook and TikTok, at PopCultureCrisis, and on Instagram, at PopCultureCrisisPod. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.